in five, four, three, two, one. Homie Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Wednesday, December 20th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in sunny and lovely Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, if you're looking for your MBA and you're looking to do so while maintaining a day job, or maybe you're looking to do it in just 12 months, the only place to, to go that's going to offer that, both those things, both those options, is the University of Louisville College of Business Start your journey today. Visit their website at business.louisville.edu to find out more. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth and beyond. You know us better as the Big X, Mike Rutherford and Trevor Kelsey with you on a Wednesday. It's Battle of the Bluegrass Eve. Okay. It's National Signing Day. Okay. It's five days away from a holiday. We're very excited about all these things, or at least two of them. Trevor Kelsey... Feeling jolly, handing out gifts as he walks in today, doing the Lord's work. TK, how are you on this Wednesday afternoon? First of all, if you're jealous, I didn't hand you a box of chocolates. It's because I actually got you something else, but it hasn't arrived yet. That's fine. So you, you, if, if you like a box of chocolates, I've got one. I, I went to Walgreens and pretty much bought out the Russell Stover's show. And a boy, you, you, you're just, I just, I just figured I'm going to hand them out whoever I see in here today. A lot of smiles in the studio today as Santa TK walks by, just handing out gifts left and right. You were looking good. I'm in the mood. You're in the zone. I, you, I'm, I'm I like the, that about you. I'm in the giving mood, which is probably what Louisville's going to be doing tomorrow to Kentucky. Just handing them over turnover after turnover. Starting early here. Okay. <laughs> thought, we'd, thought we'd at least wait maybe 10 minutes before we got into this, but that's Well, fine. if you like, I can delay you more. Guess what I did last night? What did you do last night? Well, first of all, what I did, I shouldn't have started at 12.30 a.m. Very nervous about where this is going, but okay. <laughs> I rented Oppenheimer. Hey! And what better movie to watch for a three-hour three and ten-minute movie than to start at 12.30 a.m.? It's the holiday season. <laughs> nothing, nothing says ho, ho, ho like, like an A-bomb. And atom bombs are coming to town. They're dropping from the sky and they're falling down. They'll be coming down the chimney town. Oppenheimer. Uh, approved. Uh, it's not bad. It's uh, it de okay. definitely a Christopher Nolan movie. You can tell within five minutes who, who wrote and direct, who directed and, and, and shot it. But uh, it's yeah, it's it's okay. It's it's kind of like Aviator. It's I liked it, but it's one of those movies that's kind of so long. I don't see myself watching it multiple times. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're not really selling me on this. Okay, <laughs> like if, are you going to watch it once? I would say maybe give it a go. 
<laughs> but, the worst cell job. Well, I'm not. You're basically sales. telling the people to not watch Oppenheimer. I know. No, I'm not saying that completely. You, some may like it better than me. Okay. I thought it was a little slow at times. Okay. It's not on the list yet, but you have time before it's added to the list. Okay. So there, there you go. You can you can watch Oppenheimer over the weekend if you like. We also, it was only five ninety nine on Amazon. So were you watching Oppenheimer too? You didn't. You never listened to the text line. The text line's always giving you good advice. They're saying, you know, hey Trevor. They're always very kind, right? They're always very yeah, yeah, they were so complimentary. Kind of They're like, hey, man, just letting you know, I think you got this classic phrase a little bit upset, like, like, like turned around. Like, you know, you're great with words, Trevor. We know you can do it, but that word that you just used, it doesn't actually mean what I think you believe it means. Like, that's what that's how they treat you. They're, they're very nice. Are you saying I don't, I don't. Dot my T's and cross my eyes. You don't dot your dot your T's and cross your eyes sometimes, but you, you know you just you get mad. You're like, I don't care. I know more than these people. These people are dumb. You talk down <laughs> to the text line all the time. You hate the people from the text line. So we had a texture yesterday who's like, Hey, so mean. Bet of the day, UTSA. They're covering the eight against Marshall. And I was like, You know what? I'm tailing the texture. Meet Meep, home of Will Stein, former home of Will Stein. Marshall six and six. UTSA is eight and four. I want to have a little action tonight. There's nothing really else going on. I'll stay up late. I'll watch the game. Watch the Roadrunners. Boom. Made a little hefty bet. Only bet I made of the night. Hit. You, no, on the no. other hand, are like, I spit on you. No. Go Marshall. <laughs> Cole Pennington is the man. How'd that work out for you? I was like, McNown's kid? <laughs> Orphan. He's got the mailman's eyes. He has no arm. <laughs> he didn't even look like Josh. He didn't look like the other brother. I can't remember the other. There's two of them that play. Now I can't remember the other one's name. But Nicole, now that looks like that looks like a Pennington. I've been to the Alamo. I've been, it was overrated. It, was over, it is kind of overrated. People say that. We are Marshall was a better movie. Take that, Billy Bob Thornton. I don't think the Alamo was a movie, but okay. It was. It had Billy Bob Thornton in it. Just let him cook. Sorry. I saw it at IMAX in San Antonio. Okay. It wasn't very good. Oppenheimer was better. Okay. Um. Yeah. So yeah, and I, and I told you as soon as I said it yesterday. I was like, we are Marshall. You're like, I'm going heavy on the Roadrunner. You're not a great weekday better. I, I, I am not a weekday not, better. You're not a weekday guy. Just fade me constantly. And I, I'm going to give you the honest pick. So fade me. In fact, I should do like a GoFundMe. Like everyone who takes my fades should put like a dollar in it. In this jar. I wonder how much it happened in the year. You have been on quite the, <laughs> the, the, the roll, if you will. Roll? I'm, I, think I stopped counting it last check. I was like 2-12. and 12. It's been bad. <laughs> you did have a, I know we got to 10 straight losses at one point. Yes. The, the, the poor AAC and the Sun Belt just were not treating you well. Oh, the Sun Belt. Oh, and those were like not even games you were betting. We were just like picking that. You were just like saying 50-50. Like just like yeah. flip a coin. I don't Who cares? Uh, South Alabama. Sadly, and, a few of them I did bet because, you know, <laughs> damn you Kentucky sometimes. Just didn't go well. So were you, you give, you take us back. Were you trying to draw? Did you watch any of the game? Were you drying your tears with Oppenheimer? If so, probably a, a, a error in judgment. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, I need a movie about just dropping an A-bomb on me. That's After making that bet, I need, I need something to just cleanse my soul. What says more than like you know killing a quarter million people? Uh, did, no, I, I, I flipped over occasionally to watching it, but uh, I did not watch it like in long stretches. I just kept flipping over and be like, see the score and I'm like, losing. Flip back again for a <laughs> losing. Flip back again in the third quarter. Still losing. I did watch Finally, the- I flipped over like with like a couple, like two minutes left and I was like, nope, not not losing. Getting whooped. <laughs> I did watch the very end because I, I, I caught the 
when it was bedtime, when, I, when we were calling it a night, I was like, I'll go upstairs, I'll watch the, the game. didn't end until like 12.30, so I was like, I'll watch the last 45 minutes or so to make sure that the, the Roadrunners put this one away, and they did. Because they, 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 they were giving six, right? Eight. It was eight. So, okay, because so, yeah, for a while it was 21-17, I'm thinking, okay, Marshall's losing, but I'm covering. Yeah. You didn't. No, no, no. So that was fun. No, in the end, it did not work out that way. The only other sports that I, I watched last night, and you heard it right here on, on 1450 The Big X, Indiana down by 15 with like 12 minutes to go in the second half against Morehead State. You know, we mentioned yesterday they were playing without Xavier Johnson for what feels like the 17th game in a row, and just really looking like crap. I go out, I you know, I'm watching a little bit of it. I've got to walk the dog. I come back and like check my phone. Boom, Indiana's on a 16-0 run. I turn it on at the very end to watch the last play. Horrible last possession for Morehead State. They don't even get a shot off. So Indiana survives. We kind of had a sneaking suspicion after you know Louisville was right there with IU for most of the game and then blew it late. I was like, I think these guys kind of suck, and they have not been very good well, since I had a sneaking position. Uh, what's the word? Uh, suspicion. Suspicion, yeah. Well, it wasn't very superstitious, but it was a little stitious. It's a little stitious. That, uh, I was never a big fan of Mike Whitson hire. And I know it kind of did. I looked wrong because they were semi-successful when he first got, he's in his first couple years there. But he also had Trace Jackson Davis, a superstar in college basketball. Yeah, the start was good. It's It's almost... The fact that they were what they did in the tournament with with him as your best player is underachieving in my eyes. So I mean, so now I, that was, and I've said it, you know, before. I said I want to see how it's going to look now that you don't have a, you know, a stud, you know, top level college player on your team, and they're looking kind of kind of. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I mean, Kenny Payne's a bad coach. You know, Belinda Romar's a bad coach. The shine is being rubbed Woodson's, off. Woodson's Woodson's an average coach, and I just if I you, I mean, if you wanted average, why you just could have just kept Kareen. I mean, at least he would have been entertainingly creepy in some ways. They had a great college player. They also had a first round draft pick in Jalen Hood Shafina. Yeah, kind of. So out, that yeah. helped too. And then you know, IU fans are like, well, we're still recruiting well. That they're getting the best players in Indiana again. They land McKenzie and Baco, which is a huge deal for they them. Did. Yeah, they got Ware and the transfer. Yeah, they're doing well in the transfer portal. And then like, they should be better than they are this year. Like they should be a an NCAA tournament team. And I'm not sure that they're going to be. They don't. They don't look like one right now. I think they're like they're around like 85 on Ken Palm, which w- would say that they're not going to be in the tournament. But I don't know. Yeah, he's I mean, go, go got back, off to a good start, but he's looking a little bit. I mean, you eh. go back and look at Whitson's NBA career. He was kind of underachieved there with the Hawks a little bit, too. Yeah. I mean, he was always – that's kind of his MO. The only thing about that game that made me mad was I, I didn't have it on. We had it on the airwaves. Josh was, was working it last night. And uh, so I, I, took, I go on Twitter when I get home. I've been through it, and I think the first tweet I see is Scoots tweeting, this is just embarrassing to watch. This isn't basketball. I love Scoot's tweets. And so I'm like, I want to watch this now. Like, I, I want to, you know, I want to roll around in someone else's misery. Because, I mean, we've been the most miserable, you know, over the last year, over a year and a half now, or a year and a quarter. I was like, I need to see somebody else be miserable. So I flip it over. And just as I flip it over, that's when they go on their run. Mm. I'm like, you bleeping. I'm, I'm, I'm sounding like, you know, Joe Pesci after he burns his hand at, at the McAllister's. I'm like, you Russia. Like, that's not. This isn't embarrassing. You want embarrassing? Go look at five of our first eleven games, six of our first eleven games. That's embarrassing. It was almost a really bad night for basketball in, in the state of Indiana. Something so enjoyed someone else's misery. I, I, I've told you this before. Like, I, I think, and you, you know, you kind of say, 
well, they've got a better coach in Micah Shrewsbury. They're going to be better than us when we play. Notre Dame is just straight ass. Like, like they, they have a terrible roster. I did watch like two minutes of that game, yeah. I mean, yesterday, the <laughs> Citadel, which is one of only four original D1 programs that has never been to the NCAA tournament, and they never really have, have come close, they come into South Bend and win 65-45. to 45. Is that Dave McDonald's on my monitor? The Citadel, he, he is a key debt. I believe. No, that's, that's VMI. What's the Citadel? Um, I think they're just like the Bulldogs. But that's Dan actually. McDonald, right? Yeah, that is Dan McDonald. Yeah. Coach so I, used to, I used to always get Citadel and whatever uh, the Robert Parrish's school mixed up sometimes. But terrible Century basketball program. Um, I, I, the only thing good about the basketball program, I read My Losing Season by Pat Conroy, who <laughs> played point guard there at the Citadel a good book, for man. a few years. It's, it's a great book. I mean, he writes about how you know the Citadel sucked and like you know I had a bad year, but talks about the ins and outs of basketball. He's the same guy who wrote um, – uh, a river, no, 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 no. The Bridges of Madison County, a bunch of other books. Like he's, no, he can't do all. He can't be. He can't hit all home runs. I guess he's a famous author, but he they, they, never seen the book, movie or read the book. Well, so he, yet you're still casting judgment, wouldn't you? No. Okay. Uh, but it was you know, bad night for Notre Dame. Tough look for the ACC there. They, they are now worse than us in every conceivable metric, which is something. Virginia also got thumped by Memphis. And then the other That's result it. that was notable was Marquette got destroyed by Providence. Uh, they got no. Uh, they had some injury issues though, didn't they? They did. It was a, it was also kind of predictable. Providence is, is a good team, and you got to play at the dunk. It's Big East. Like teams mm-hmm. on like road home teams just dominate in that conference. Uh, but Providence won seventy two to fifty seven. So interesting night in college hoops. Now, so watching Notre Dame, who you you have expressed that is a is a team that we can be. We can. You still feel even more confident. What do you mean? After watching what happened to them against, they're Citadel? terrible. They're they're Sadly, really bad. Sadly, I, I still don't. Th- I still don't think we're beating them. We I mean we may not. <laughs> like we are we are really bad as well. But Notre Dame is that uh, they're atrocious. They play Marist coming up on, on Friday. They may not win that game. The Citadel entered last night at two seventy five on Ken Palm. Notre Dame is two twenty eight on Ken Palm now. They are solid like fifty spots lower than us, which is kind of crazy. They lost about twenty. Yeah, they just there are no players on that team. They've got Tay Davis, who was once committed to us. Uh, Dre Davis's little brother. Oh, yeah. he's okay. They got Micah Shrewsbury's son, who's okay. But there's nobody on that team that's good. It's just a bad roster. They'll get better. He's a good coach. Um, Which, look, but right now we just, play them earlier than later in the season. Because I, I kind of meant not yeah. this year. I meant like moving forward. I think he'll get players in there. They've got a good staff. That they did well at Penn State. They'll be fine. But like right now, they're in a world. Yeah, I know. I, I watched like since a few minutes last night, and it, it showed. So watched a little basketball last night. It was fun. We, we had a big morning in the Rutherford household. Wow. It was uh, Virginia's Christmas program at school, and. I don't know what we're going to do with her. I think that's what they had here last night when we left. Was it, Yeah, it was. It had to be okay. It was packed here. But so, you know, Virginia's four. This is the first year she's been able to do the Christmas program. They, they limit it to, like, the kind of the older kids, the four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and the kindergarten class. So, John, like, his class, he won't do it this year. He won't do it next year. And then a couple years from now, he'll be able to do it. So... It's a big church. Like this is a this is a big preschool. It's a big church. You've got all the parents there. The grandparents are there. Like friends are there. Siblings are there. So it's like a it's a loaded church. So you get up there. You got you know three year old, four year old, five year olds. A lot of them are just kind of like staring. They're they're a little bit nervous. You know, some of them are, you know, they're kind of like shyly smiling and waving to their family out there and just singing the songs. And then you've got Virginia up there, <laughs> who's full on curtsying. She's blowing kisses to the crowd. I can confirm this. I've seen the video. I sent you the video. Yeah. She, I mean, she, yeah, she's just at one point. There's a microphone there that's just up there for show that they use for like church and stuff. She tries to grab the microphone so she can <laughs> sing into it. She's, you know, she's dancing. She's spinning. She's strutting. She's doing all this. I, 
I would kill for 10% of the confidence that my daughter has. And, and I'm, I'm not joking. I've never known. We don't really know where she came from. Like, I, I was very. Yeah, I can't, no, I see. You now, maybe not that you like that confidence. And may, I, don't, I don't know. I can be goofy too. But, like, I, I think I, at her age, I feel like that. I could see that being you. That was the. You could not. It was definitely. Could me. not be more wrong. Like, I, I, I was the most shy kid in the entire world. Like, very, very shy, very much kept to myself. Like, I, I would, it wasn't like I was, like, afraid. Like, I would go up there and sing the songs and do the stuff, but I was not going to, I was not a showman by any stretch of the imagination. I was a very introverted kid. I'm still naturally introverted. And I think, I've said this before, I, I think it, it really took until, like, I got a little bit older and started playing sports and realized, like, this is something that I'm, I'm pretty good at to kind of find my voice and to, to get out of my shell a little bit. And I've always been very thankful for sports because of that. But, like, my wife... I think she was probably a little bit less shy than I was, and she certainly, you know, she became kind of an extrovert when she got older, but she was very introverted as a kid, according to her and her parents. And then you've got Virginia out there, who just is the least shy kid I've ever seen in my entire life. Just, you know, the other night we go to the playground after looking at lights, and she's like going up to random random people and being like, that's my daddy. Like, that's my best friend, Audrey. Like, I, I know how to climb that slot. Just like, she just talks to everybody, and she just is very much a, the world is her stage. Uh, I, I hope she never loses that confidence. I hope that you know she's always kind of kind of do this. But it was just crazy seeing her up there and just. I mean, she she stole the show. We had we had parents with, we we didn't know come over and be like, oh my god, your daughter. It was it was incredible to watch her. So it was quite the morning. And then at John at one point runs up. He like bum rushed the stage at one point when we were trying to like watch. He like because he was so upset. That he wants all, attention. His cousin Audrey was up there singing, and then his sister Virginia was up there singing. And so at one point, like he just ran up there and grabbed the bells that they'd been using for one of the songs and just started shaking the the hell out of it. And I was like, okay, somebody. It was like, Dad, get up there and please grab him. So that was yeah. It's quite the morning for the Rutherford kids. We're leaving quite the impression on the preschool. <laughs> Accomplished more than I did this morning, but that's not saying a lot. Yeah, it was. It was I was I like, mean, "Have a morning, Rutherford kids." The, the, the kid in the third row picking his nose accomplished more than I did this morning, but that's nowhere nor there. Well, I'm, I'm assuming you did nothing this morning because you were asleep. Uh, no, I actually had to get up a few times though. Well, not as many as last night for those updated about my prostate. <laughs> I, I love how I I share updates about what my kids are doing. You share updates about how many times you're peeing at night. Three <laughs> tonight. <laughs> No, but uh, but but mother is sick, so uh, oh, I've no. had to. Yeah, like I had to go, like I had to go out la- last night and pick up some Seven Ups, and had to, had to get up and uh, clear out the uh, the 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 bin next to the bed this morning. So make sure the dogs were out and pet and everything. So I had to do pick up a few more responsibilities today. What, what's wrong with her? What's she have going on? Uh, she, it's kind of hard to tell because what, what is it when you hear something and you think you're automatically sick? sick uh, What's that called? Hy- uh, Hypochondria. Yeah, that, that's her 100%. I know she's not listening because she's in bed. So We love you, Nancy. Get better. Y- yeah. So safe, safe Ferris. She probably saw someone on CSI had the flu. And so, like, like, like at first she's like, I had food poisoning. I was like, you've been sleeping all day. You hadn't even gotten sick once. I don't think you have food poisoning. She's like, I, I'm, I need to go to the hospital. I'm like, I got stand up. I, I don't get me the flu. I'm like, I get dizzy. It's like, vertigo can be part of flu. You just lay down. It's just trying to contain her. It's like it's like having a child that's less confident, like your daughter. In her defense, I do feel like seventy five percent of people I know are sick right now. It's, just, it's, it's, it's that time it's of that year, time right? Of year. Yeah, it's going around. My dad's been sick for like four weeks. It didn't it's help. When I was like, just get away thing. from me, do her, because I didn't want to get. Sick. Yeah, I mean, you you have to. You, you got to protect yourself a little bit. So when, when, when she got, she didn't eat it all last night. I got I got her some like baked potato and some soup. And she's just laying in bed, just relaxing, chilling. I'm jealous a little bit, but you know that's the sick part. 
Hopefully she'll be better. Now, yeah. it, it, it is, it's odd that we're going to sit here and talk for 23 minutes about you know, your peeing problems, your you know, random basketball games, my kids at Christmas, when it's the day before the Louisville-Kentucky game. But this is a year unlike most when it comes to the Louisville-Kentucky I game. Mean, confidence, old man problems, the, the getting sick, feeling sick to your stomach, these all can be combined into a segue to you about his chances against UK. Peeing yourself several times. It's, it, it does, it does. I made it to the bathroom. Well, well, then that's not – you're more Kentucky in that situation <laughs> yeah, than, than Louisville is. But we've got – you know, we will talk Almost. about the game today. We, we have a – we'll be on the air tomorrow. It's kind of weird with the 6 o'clock tip-off. I think – what are we doing, like 3 to 4.30 We're tomorrow? doing 3 to 4.30. And let's make sure they know that uh, we will be on uh, WGTK, WGTK. Three to four thirty tomorrow. Three to four thirty. Yes. Okay. We'll have Bellerman women on this channel, though. Okay. We so we will be on nine seventy. Uh, I believe that is their. I think is there, are they nine hundred or nine seventy? They're nine seventy. They're nine seventy. Then okay. He's a company man, folks. Hey, I just handed the chocolates. He's the, he's the place who makes. He's the guy who makes this place go. <laughs> I, know, I know all the channels. This camera one goes with what? I know. Them I was all. always. I was always bad at the memory game. It's like I remember where the shoe is. But that's the boat. <laughs> You're always kind of close. Just just always kind of close. Never entirely wrong. Just usually never entirely right either. So we've got – we'll talk about the game itself. It's, it's, I, it, it, just, it feels strange talking about the game this year because it seems like there are – and this statement alone just feels wrong to say at this time of the year. It feels like there are more important things going on with the Louisville men's basketball program than the Kentucky game. It feels like the game itself is – almost of secondary importance, which is fine to say when you're playing Pepperdine last week, and I think everybody agreed with that, but for it to be the battle of the bluegrass is it, And I almost have more odd. excitement for a bowl game than I do tomorrow's game. Oh, I definitely have more excitement for yeah, the bowl game I mean, than I do tomorrow's game. Yeah, I have more excitement for a holiday bowl. It's on holiday bowl with like 17 starters out. The 27th, right? It's, on Tuesday, it's, it's, on, it's a week from tonight. Yeah. 8 o'clock, Gus Johnson's calling the game. Yeah. Like, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about what's going on with football recruiting, both with the traditional route, National Signing Day today, we'll get into all that, and we have more transfer player portal guys uh, committing today that we'll discuss. And then what I think will wind up dominating the conversation today is not, hey, do you think that how can we attack Rob Dillingham or you know, <laughs> wait, who's going to guard Reed Shepard? That's in a normal year that those are the types of things we're discussing. This year it's going to be Kenny Payne talked again to the media <laughs> today, uh, and I heard. <laughs> There were some things that caught some people's ears and eyes and attention and demand some attention from us. So but they made Rick chuckle. Which is all that matters. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that part. And Rick did. Look, Bozich was at practice today and said it was spirited. And then he said they were piping in crowd noise, which is maybe the most depressing statement that I've heard this entire season. That the I'm curious why. Because I'm sure the attendance has been so low all year long, and there's been so little crowd noise, and they're expecting so many Kentucky fans and a few more than usual Louisville fans that it's actually going to feel like a real Louisville basketball game, and the players aren't ready for it. Like They, they haven't played in that environment inside the KFCM Center, which is depressing as hell to say out loud, but that's where we are. So we've got the the Battle of Bluegrass tomorrow, six o'clock. The, uh, the I saw the opening line came out. T.J. Walker found a I guess there was a, a bug on one of the gambling sites that had you know the, they wanted the money line or the, the odds to be like minus one one eleven plus one eleven or whatever, and said they had that as the number. So Louisville at one point was a one hundred eleven point underdog in this game. It's not quite that bad. The first line that I saw in DraftKings has Kentucky as a fifteen and a half point favorite. I, I thought it was going to open at sixteen and a half and get up to to eighteen. I was a little bit, uh, you know, I guess, lower. 15.5 is the opening line. So they have it on DraftKings, don't they? Yeah, 15.5 is the opening line. 
I'm guessing that's going that number will get bet up slightly, and it's probably going to be like 17, 17 and a half by the time we get balls. The Louisville money line at? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to put a dollar on Louisville on the money line tomorrow. Okay, hey, look, Kenny Payne said we could win. He I mean, I'll, that. I just I just need one more point than they get. Well. We'll get there. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Kenny Payne's press conference today. We'll talk a little bit about the the ins and the outs of the UK L game. We want to hear from you as well. Hit us up on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Wednesday on 1450 and 96.1. No, Trevor, a lot of people think this is voice to men, and it's not. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no, I know. Ever fall. Jim is actually shy. Let me guess, LimeWire lied to you for decades. It really has. Not just this one either. Seven seven songs. Do you have a record of them? Did I, was this one of the ones I, I had to teach you? It wasn't Boys yeah. to Men? Okay. You taught me this. You played this on the song, uh, on the show like a long time ago. Also, uh, Pat Benatar song. did not do The Warrior. I found that out. <laughs> yeah, Patty Smith, yeah. Dream On, not Led, not, uh, not, 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 not Led Zeppelin. Wow, I don't remember you thinking that one. That, that, that was actually, that was not radio. That was like, I was in like high school at one point, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, that's that's Led Zeppelin. And my friends were like, it's Aerosmith. And I was like, it's Led Zeppelin. It says so on my computer. <laughs> They're like, you've been. I think that was the very first time where I was like, oh, LimeWire, Napster, they're, Kazam. They're not. They're not exactly. They're not 100 accurate. Sometimes. No, no, and they, and, they, and they kill your Dell. They were, God, I had like seven broken computers before <laughs> I finally got a Mac. My, yeah, it's like the, I used to get. The, I think my first two computers ever were like the. They were like 400 Dells, the laptops. That Same. Was, yeah, and I mean, I, there's a reason why I had two of them. It's because the first one did not. They last like two months. And I'm like, not, Jesus. not to mention it was just like you're letting me loose into like the world of the internet with this cheap computer and on LimeWire. Same. Yeah. Where I can download all this air quote stuff. Like, no, it had <laughs> this thing had no prayer. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Then I got a Mac. I was like, oh, I can do whatever I want here. This yeah. is great. Now, even though my Mac now is like ten years old, and I didn't realize it. It's I don't think I can like update. I can't go to like I can't watch ESPN's. Uh, stream site on my computer anymore because it says it needs a update and i don't think my computer is capable of that oh, i think sorry. i need a new mac yeah after 10 years they finally got me by the short ones and making me buy another one you're gonna be okay i know we're gonna talk later in the show about uh, national signing day jeff Brom landing a 14 player class of 2023 uh, a lot of guys in there that i think the fan base is excited about we'll talk about jeff's comments at his press conference but before we do that we got to talk about another coach in their comments at their press conference today <laughs> no kenny Payne. The head coach of the University of Louisville men's basketball program, which you wouldn't know if you, uh, I think, didn't have him sitting there in a U of L sweatshirt. You may think he was coaching at Kentucky still, but he talked to the media today, uh, answered questions about the rivalry game, and as he tends to do, said some things that made Louisville fans be like, "Can you just, can, can you just not? 
Can you just not? Can you just... I don't care if you actually think these things. Can you not express them publicly for everybody to hear? It's like doing a radio show with me again, isn't it? Kind of. <laughs> Except... I could have I could gotten more than four wins. Yeah, I mean, at least you're confident about things. You may be totally wrong. It may be inappropriate. <laughs> but at least you have some gumption behind your words. He, I sent you the clips. If you can play yeah, the, you'll be going order. Play the the second one I sent you actually first. This is the one that I think most people have reacted oh, yeah. to. You know, the the rivalry. We know how much Kentucky hates us. We know how much John Calipari emphasizes this game. You know they've shown behind the scenes footage in some of these game victory tapes where he's you know he's throwing out old player quotes and talking about how well he does against Louisville. Like UK gets up for this game. They hate Louisville. They want to crush Louisville. And here was Kenny Payne's thoughts on whether or not he feels the same way about his former employers. Going against Cal is, is, you know, we probably both don't want to be in this situation because we have so much, so many years together. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know he wants to beat me down and um, I want to win the game by one. And I'm happy. <laughs> so, is that Rick laugh? At least he made Bozich laugh. <laughs> At least he made Rick laugh. Rick's like solo laugh. This is the best part of it. It's the only thing that doesn't make me want to just like put my head to a wall after hearing that. First things first, Cal. I know he loves Kenny Payne. Of course he does. He's one of Kenny Payne's one of like five guys that still like will work for Cal. I know he. I know he loves him. I know that those feelings are genuine. It's still like like. Calipari, it could be one of his daughters coaching Louisville. He doesn't care. He wants to steamroll Louisville. Like it, it, it maybe comes into his mind for a split second, and then he's like, no, to hell with those guys. It's a rivalry. I hated them at Memphis. I've always hated them. I still feel like the stain of Patino is still on that program. Like I'm going to despise them forever. I want to win this game by 35 points. And so you've got that mentality, which is the right one to have in a rivalry. It's what the fan bases want. For all the, you know, Say what you will about how bad Rick Pitino was against Kentucky. He wanted to kill UK. Like, like he just like he got he got so up for those games that I think it had a counterproductive effect on his team. And it was part of the reason why we were very unsuccessful in the rivalry when he was here. Another part was you had some of the best UK teams that we've seen in a long, long time, but we still should have won more than we did. And then you've got Kenny Payne, who for the second time now in a year is saying, I don't want to beat them badly. I love Cal. I love UK. I just want to win by a point. I want to win, but I don't want to win too big. Which, if you think that, you know, he's used that in other game references, right? Only with Kentucky. Was, like, it, only, was it last year? Then he said he it? got asked about it in one of his introductory press conferences okay. when he first got the job, and he was like, you know, when we play that game. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I want to win, before, but right? I only want to win by one point. Like I, I don't want to beat them down. And he's, you know, he's saying how it's like it's awkward for him and Calipari. I don't think Calipari cares at all. Like, like you know, at the end of the day, he's like, this is the Louisville Kentucky game. This is my job. I've got to keep the fan base happy. Bleep Louisville. And if that means bleep Kenny Payne, then bleep Kenny Payne too. Let's go out there. Let's kick their ass. And you've got Kenny who's like, well, you know. Want to win by one. Love that guy. I don't even know if I really want to win at all, to be quite frank. And it's like, if you think that, okay. I don't agree with it. I don't know how you got this job with that mentality. But don't, for the love of God, like lie to us a little bit. Like, give us, a, even if it's fake juice, give us something at this point that lets us know that you feel at least some resemblance of the rivalry. There's something, some way that you feel that resembles the way that we feel, even in the smallest, the littlest bit because right now we just like 
you get the story about him being like, I'm a wildcat, I'm a wildcat, and he turned down Rex Ch- like told Rex Chapman to go to Kentucky, like all that stuff's floating around, and like you need to kind of go a little bit hard in the opposite direction to make us think that you, you you get it a little bit, and this quote is not doing it. It doesn't bother me as as much as a lot of the other quotes that he's made, but still, I'm like, you know, it, it just it's a silly little thing that could be easily avoidable. Just, 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 just say he wants to beat us down. We want to beat him down. Yeah, like just for this one game a year. You, you don't have to be like I openly root against Kentucky every single time they play. I hate them now, but you know you have well, just, to just feel- like for one day a year. The other three sixty four days a year, I'll, I, you know, I'll root for them. I don't like we don't agree with that obviously, but I'm fine with saying that. But be like on this day, I want to beat him and I want to beat him bad. I mean. Be Bob Knight versus Coach K. Like, if we lose, I don't ever want to speak to him again. I mean, I just, be, like you said, show a little fire. You wonder why this team's going to show fire? Listen to the coach in the press conference against your rival right there. I mean, there, there's, I mean, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't spark a cigarette with the little bit of flame, he's, the, the fire coming off that. There's nothing. I mean, and, and just think it's, listen, and Cal knows. I love Cal. I coach with Coach Cal. Yeah, yeah, like you said, have a drink right now. You're going to need it before the game tomorrow. We, they want to beat us down. I want to beat them down. Nothing, it's nothing personal. It's only business. Yeah, I watched that a few weeks ago. I watched that, the old HBO one-hour documentary on the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. And they talked oh, about yeah, – it's, it's, it's a good. great one. Yeah, they, they talked about the 10-year war between Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler. Mm-hmm. And, like, Bo coached under Woody Hayes. He had a, a great deal of affection for him. Obviously, he had a great deal of affection for Ohio State. And once he goes to Michigan, though – like it's it's done. Like like those two aren't talking. They're talking about how much they hate each other behind closed doors. Like they're they're barely shaking hands. They're having their assistant coaches be like, "Hey, coach, uh, coach, Bar- coach Schembechler is ready to meet you at the fifty yard line if you're ready." And like like all this stuff. And then when it ends, when Woody Hayes you know, is unceremoniously booted from his job, and you know they, they're both in retirement, like they become the best of friends again yep. because like you know they they understand each other. They understand what it was like. But during that period of time. It's all bets are off. The gloves are off. Like it, it is, we have to do whatever we have to do to get the better of the other side. I think Calipari understands that. It does not seem like Kenny Payne gets that at all. Like he, he's still sitting here and he's like, oh, you know, he's in a boxing match with somebody that he grew up with, you know, training with, and he's like, surely he's not going to punch me in the face, and he's just going to get drilled repeatedly with uppercut after uppercut, and he's not going to really fight back. That's the way that it feels right now. Woody Hayes would throw an uppercut. He would. Who was the longest hasn't want to hit a Clemson player though? This, <laughs> the older I get, the more I'm taking Woody's side. The more I'm like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he had his reasons. I was saying, I, when it came to Woody, I don't think it was very hard for Bo to hate him for that 10-year span either. Yeah, growing up, I was like, what a psycho. What a terrible thing. Now, like, growing up watching Clemson every year, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of team Woody Hayes on this one. That was uh, that was the quarterback. That interception was the uh, the guy that Baltimore would take, the, the gambler kid, the straight arrow art kid, uh, Art uh, Schlesinger, I think his name was, something no, like that. He was number three pick in the draft. The funny story about that was when I was at Cardboard Heroes, I got a collect call from him in jail uh, wanting to know if he could speak to a manager about selling memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was number three pick in the 1982 draft. Did it say, like, what, did, it was like the automated message? Yes. Like, you have a collect call from an inmate at the... <laughs> it was just, I don't remember what penitentiary. I think it was in Ohio. That's incredible. Because he had been in there for gambling. He got kicked out of the NFL for gambling very quite early on. And uh, he ended up going, yeah, I think... I don't know what kind of white collar crime he committed, but yeah, it was one of my favorite things. I remember looking at my buddy Kevin like, I think I, this, if I'm gonna, this is what I think it is. This is awesome. I didn't couldn't buy anything, but it was still cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Let's play the second clip here. Right. Uh, Kenny Payne talking about the poor attendance here and how it may, you know, 
like how it affects the team from the outside looking in, and him saying, you know, tackling whether or not he thinks that Louisville has a legitimate shot to win this game. All about seeing a lot of other Kentucky fans out there. Is that something that's maybe being discussed? Um, hadn't been discussed, but at the end of the day, look, we got to go fight. <laughs> we got to go out and fight to get a win, and we got to go out and play our brand of basketball. And I know from the outside looking in, it looks like we don't have a chance. Well, we got a chance. Yeah. And we're going to go out and fight to get that and prove that. people wrong and see what happens. If we believe, it doesn't matter what nobody else does. We well, that That's believe. a good answer, right? I like it. Yeah. I mean, that, that was more of that, please. Like. I mean, I was like showing some enthusiasm high a little bit, but yeah, like we we got to fight. You don't think we have fight? We got fight. You don't believe? I don't want to play our kind of basketball because then I, I have less belief. But I do still believe anyway. I mean, you know, we've got a chance. Isn't exactly like, you know <laughs> the Joe Namath guarantee or anything, but it's it, it's something. It, it's we're looking for anything at this point, and I'll take that. But yeah, he said, you know, people don't think we have a chance. I think we got a chance, and I was like, for now, that's good enough. What's going on out there? Do you hear that too? Yeah, it's very, for a second there, oh, I thought good. it was I thought I had a tumor. No, yeah, same thing. It's, <laughs> it's something very loud is happening out there. I thought they were, like they were like cutting wood or something out there again. Again? How many doors do we need at this place? <laughs> well, I didn't. Did you notice they added the French doors in between the studios and like where the front desk is? I did not. I knew yeah. they were going to. They're, they're just. I don't think they've ever been closed. But they. I guess the the first day they they had them up, they had them closed, and that caught my attention. Do you share? They're called French doors, right? Oh, sure. Do Do you share Kenny Payne's sentiment that like we at least have a, a a chance here? I mean, not now, but around midnight, maybe. I mean, I no, I know, I don't, I really don't. I mean, I guess, mate, no, no, <laughs> no, we don't. I, I want to try to like convince myself that there's like like Lloyd Christmas one in a million over here. I mean, he did get to hook up with Holly Hunter, but I mean. I just still, I, I just no, I don't, I don't see it happening. I am jokingly going to put a dollar on us on the money line, but that's that's about the extent of my belief. Now, the I guess the FanDuel app opened it up, which I can't access anything here because they have the blockers on. The FanDuel app opened up with Louisville as a what fifteen and a half point underdog. DraftKings looks like has Louisville as just a thirteen point underdog. So that's a that that's what Ken Palm has. Uh, that, that kind of mimic that. I'm guessing that's going to go up pretty quickly. So if you're feeling good about the cards, you know, hop on that line right now. But if you're not, maybe just wait it out. Maybe maybe just see. But Kentucky, uh, according to Ken Palm, they're favored to beat Louisville 86 to 73. Uh, we'll see what happens. No, that's what I know. The business worse than that. The, like I mean, I have. What it, would you set the line at personally? Like 15 and a half. I was thinking 19. I mean, like, I don't know what to think. I mean, this team, they looked, if they play like they did against Pepperdine, I think they can keep it. I think they can cover 15 and a half. Yeah, UK plays like Pepperdine, too. (laughs) But if they play like they did against Arkansas State, we can lose by 40. I I don't, and this is, again, like, this is not me rivaling. If you've listened to me on the radio long enough, I think you you know that I'm willing to call uh, a spade a spade when it comes to Kentucky. I'm willing to give them their props. When I think that they're really good, I'm willing to say that I think that they're really good. It's a top 10 Kentucky team right now in, in the country. Like I don't think this – I still am – I am not sold on Kentucky big picture. Like, I, I don't think that they're going to be a Final Four team. I think they can definitely be like a Sweet 16 team, and then you know, the, the rest of it kind of comes down to draw. But I'm not – But I, even that even that level of team is probably 20 points better than we are. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you yeah. know, in a, in a normal year, if we were a legit – 
you know, top 25 team, which is becoming, I keep saying normal year. It's been a while since we've had that level of normalcy. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Eves would confirm that. Yeah, but this would be one of those seasons where like, I would be like, I think we can kind of get them. Like, like, I, I think that we've got a good shot here. And I look at this Kentucky team, which I still don't know. Like, If they play their A game, they should be able to beat us by you know, 25, 30 points. If they play the, a terrible game and we play our best game, maybe we can keep it respectable. But that's that, that's sort of where we are right now, which is depressing. I feel the same way about that as I do when I look at the landscape of the ACC the last few years, and you're like, this is as down as the conference has been since we've joined. And not only have we not taken advantage to like win the league or you know get a double by, like we're the <laughs> the worst or second worst team in the league the last couple of years. So it, it just feels like a ton of, of wasted opportunities all over the place. We can't get back to being good soon enough. And I know that I'm stating the obvious, but it just like. Yeah, Looking at a, a Kentucky team that's 21 on Ken Palm right now, it's a like I think in the, the the 20s on the net rankings and being like, man, there's no way in hell we can cover 15 and a half against that team at home is just depressing as hell. But I mean, this is a this has the potential to be one of the strangest and most jam packed like three day stretches in the recent history of Louisville men's basketball because we're sitting here today. Talking about Kenny Payne's press conference, the latest thing that he said that has the fan base in flames. Uh, a little bit of previewing of the of the game tomorrow, like the, the 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 feeling going into the rivalry, all that stuff. Tomorrow's game day, you know, we'll kind of be like the pre pre show, and we'll get ready for the six o'clock tip off. It's before Christmas, which feels weird. And then there's at least a chance. I'm not. This is not inside info or anything, but there's a chance that like Friday, you're either going to be talking about. Kenny Payne being fired yeah. and, and like an interim staff or an interim coach or you know who's going to be the next coach and all this stuff or you're talking about is he going to get fired tomorrow is he going to get fired this weekend is he going to be the coach the rest of the year and that will be a bigger story than the actual result on the floor or if it's a Christmas miracle we're sitting here talking about like hey we're six and six with home losses to Chattanooga and Arkansas State but we just beat, beat Kentucky uh what the hell do we make of this has, has some sort of corner been turned or is like it, could he really save his job at some point like like this could it's gonna be a bizarre 72 hours and I'm not really sure what to expect I think I know what to expect but, but I've been wrong lots of times before well yeah most of the time I'm wrong is is because I'm expecting something different than what I'm than what you're expecting or we are expecting to happen. Maybe uh, you mentioned the Pepperdine, like for during the grade game, like for Louisville to have a chance in this game, I see like Louisville playing what an A plus game to Kentucky C minus. Yeah, does that sound about fair? Yes, it does. Louisville has to play the way they played against Texas. If Louisville can put up the same Texas stat line that they that they played against Texas. Then there's there's a good chance we only lose by ten. God, it's also sad to talk about. Because I mean, I just don't know. If, I mean, because let's not be honest. I mean, offensively, Louisville has played away. Defensively, I mean, Louisville still Texas still had their somewhat way defensively. Even though the the I know the Amos shot was a good defended shot, but still, they still shot nearly fifty percent from the field on us. And that was with Ace going like. Three of sixteen or whatever he was. Yeah, in the field. six. I'm looking at now six of nineteen. Yeah, he was bad. But but Louisville box. This is the Louisville box score. You know, shooting forty three percent from the field, seven of sixteen from deep, twelve assists, which needs to be increased. Only nine turnovers. That's eighty points. That could be a a box score, and it's one of the only one this year that I can point out probably that if they play that way, they could. Maybe scare Kentucky at some point in the game. Yeah, you need to have if there's any realistic shot of this being close, and like you know, hey, it's the final TV timeout, and we're actually within a couple possessions. We got a shot here. Like you need to have one of those games where we just shoot in 
abnormally high percentage from three. I think that's oh yeah that that's key number one. Like a guy like Sky Clark who that, there's no, yeah has has not been a very good three point shooter so far this season. He's had a couple of games like the Texas game that you mentioned. I think he was like four or five from three. Four or six. Four or six from three. Like you need him to have one of those types of games. Trey White is shooting like eighteen percent from three. You need him to hit a couple of wide open ones. You need like just some of those guys. You like what we always say happens to us against Kentucky, which is you know like their their sixth or seventh best player just goes nuts, or a guy who's been in a huge shooting slump, just drills every open shot that he, he has. We need a rivalry game hero like that. Like a, a dude just, you know, Mike James is 10 of 11 from the field. He's hitting everything. Nobody can stop him. Somebody like that. Tyler Curtis, Johnson just goes nuts. I was thinking Curtis Williams hits four threes, five threes. Yeah, some, something like that has to happen for Louisville. And I'm not even saying that we would win if that took place, but we, something oh, like that has to happen thing, for us to have yeah. a shot to win this game. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing we play the stat line. We, we, we're getting scared. Now, the, one of the big, big, big holes in this theory, though, is, and if you haven't figured it out yet, was that Texas game was also you, your two players in that game aren't going to be playing tomorrow, probably, and that's JJ Trainer and Dennis Evans. Yeah. I, I mean, you not that at, Evans was hugely impactful in that game. Trainer was, but Evans, yeah. Evans did play 13 minutes and commit five fouls, which somewhat impactful. And you do, you, you look at Kentucky right now and you're like, what's their, their big weakness? And it's, they still that Aaron Bradshaw's just getting back into the mm-hmm. flow. He's just getting out there. The I, I saw Big Z is still ineligible. He put a statement out there today about his grades. Like there, the other kid, the uh, Onyesema, whatever his name is, is not very good. It doesn't seem like to me. Um, you would think that maybe we could do something to them on the inside, and then you look at it and you're like, oh well, Trainer and Dennis Evans are both hurt. That doesn't exactly help matters. This could be a game. I mean, the guy who's been our best player for the last couple of weeks and who just seems to have been like, hey, maybe I should start trying is Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. And if you're looking to highlight one guy who you, I think, have to... If Huntley-Hatfield goes into zombie mode and just disappears again and doesn't impact this game whatsoever, I think you're you're toast. Like You're getting blown out. It's embarrassing. Cal's calling off the dogs in the second half. But he hasn't done that in at least a couple of weeks. Now, I I know better than to, you know, like, put all my money on any of these guys at this point but he seems to have like at least kind of realized just doing what I've, I've been doing and going through the motions isn't going to get it done it's not going to take me where I want to go and he's been playing he's been, he seemed to be motivated the last couple of weeks and he's played really well as a result and I do think that he's like the one guy you can point to and be like I think that we maybe have a, a matchup advantage with him um against them inside now you can't do that with anybody else like they're better at us than every other position and they still may be better than us there but if Huntley Hatfield is is motivated and he's looking like a you know kind of the the potential second round pick like he was in New York for those two games then you know again we could keep things within shouting distance for a while yeah I mean we we, we saw last year you know when he wants to play I mean you, which I mean fairly or not you gave him the BJ King's Stamp of, of of approval. I don't know if that's the right word you want to use. But it's not, but it's around there. That stamp, which is kind of like, hey, we know you've got talent. More of a stigma. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we know you've got talent. Just let's see it. And then we saw that with Brandon Huntley last year. And we, but this year we have seen him bring it out. Like you mentioned, the Pepperdine game, even our Arkansas State game, we lost. He played well. But then you like the best examples. I'm looking at is is, is you know his game stats. DePaul, you know, 27 minutes, one of two from the field, four points, five yeah, rebounds. Yeah. I mean, that's the type of – that's that's last year on the Hatfield. And it's not a coincidence that that's as bad as we've looked all year. And, yeah, and we lose the game. I mean, that's just – you're right. I mean, again, this is very hypothetical. But if we are to have any chance – Honey Hatfield probably has to go to the free throw line double-digit times, has to score probably 15 or more points, and has to have double-digit rebounds. 
we just shoot like 45 free throws in this game. We need to get them uh, certain guys in foul trouble, yeah. The, I mean, when I say that, I may, let me rephrase that. We need to get all of them. We need them to be New Mexico State. This is actually way more talking about the actual game than I thought we were going to do on today's show. I thought we'd do a little bit tomorrow because the it's crazy to me. Like I, I'm on a, I have like a U of L friends text group that I've, I've had forever. And I had two guys today text, and they were like, so I just found out that the Kentucky game's tomorrow. And, like, the other one was like, I, my wife planned a party around this. Like, we're not going to be able to, like, it's like I probably won't be able to watch, but I don't really care about that. Like, it's just, it's become such an afterthought to the UofL fan base. And I think most fans are like, we're going to lose. I, like, who cares? Like, let's just turn the page. It, it is crazy to me. Like, I'm if, if there's one good thing about this, and it was the case last year as well, so this isn't a, this isn't a one-off, but that sense of, like, nervousness and dread and like the even when I think that we got a good shot to win it's like I hate this I hate this I hate this and then the game starts like that's there's none of that this year like it, no. it, it's only like hey this could be the funniest thing ever if we if we, if we actually win which is a wild thing to say because I, I think that if you beat UK it's not like like it will be hilarious and all U of L fans are going to be like like love the guys thank you so much for doing this for us but I don't think that you're going to see this gigantic groundswell of fans be like, you know what? I think Kenny Payne's the guy now. Like, I think you'll still see a majority of the fan base that is like, that was cool. We're still a six and sixteen with our net ranking in the two hundreds. We've got a like a one percent chance of even making the NCAA tournament in year two. This was great, but like I'm still a little bit worried about things for the rest of the year and, and the direction that we're going to go if we keep Kenny Payne around for a, for a third season. So. Like, it would change things. I'm not going to sit here and say that it wouldn't change things. I just don't think it would be like a total 180, the way that some people are claiming, where it's like, no, all no, of a sudden no, he's the guy. No, no. I, I think I compared it to like when you're shooting a ball in the gym, you know, and you miss like six straight jump shots and hit that three, and you're like, I'm out, peace. Yeah, like that's what Kenny. That's Kenny Payne's career. If he can beat Kentucky, probably not going to happen. But if he can beat Kentucky. Walk out on a high note. Don't even show up back. Don't even show. Just resign them. The Costanza. Yeah, I mean, just bye, peace. And, and a little bit to defense of your friend, and not complete defense because this game does have a reason to make you not want to care, but it doesn't help that it's on a Thursday at 6 o'clock on the 21st of December. It's an odd time. I mean, it's just, no, it's just like, it's like, we're, we, don't, we don't want anybody to watch this. We don't want the robbery to be diminished in any in any in any way because, you know, everyone still thinks for some reason blindly Duke and North Carolina's been a robbery and everybody knows it's not. We don't want to give them fuel for that. We'll just hide this game somewhere because it's going to be so bad. I mean, at least last year it was on. You know, it was on Saturday at noon. I think it was on the thirty first, wasn't it? I can't remember. It was a noon game. I, I think you're right. I know it was though. Saturday at noon. I remember exactly. it was the thirty first because I actually woke up on time and was like, "Why am I doing this?" But I mean, this year's game is yeah. It's just like stuck. It's like we're going to put it on a Thursday at six. Well, the issue is on in the the years where it's at the Yum Center because we don't have the CBS deal like the, the SEC does, which is going to change moving forward. But you know, when it has to be on one of the ESPN networks or I guess technically ABC, you've got all these bowl games, and they're not going yeah. to they're not going to give Louisville, Kentucky, even though it's maybe that like usually used to be the biggest or one of the biggest non-conference games of the entire college basketball season. They're not going to give it precedence over like the, the you know the 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 Cheez It Bowl or whatever. Sad, even this version of the UW game would still try to do better ratings than the Cheez It Bowl. No, it wouldn't. That's you the thing. You don't think so? No, dude. Have you seen the ratings for these bowl games? Are they doing well? Well, I mean, every like the worst rated bowl game still is rated higher than like every regular season college basketball game. I mean, it's it's great. That's why you have so many. Everyone's like nobody goes to these games, but a lot of people watch them and a lot of people bet on them. So that's the issue. I do I, I do wish when we got to go to break. I know. Mm-hmm. I saw this idea. Put the game every single year. CBS, 
second week of December, right before the Army Navy game. Like, give it that two hour slot. I think that would be great, but it's probably not going to happen. We got to go to break when we come back. Four o'clock hours up. We'll take some texts from you guys. 502 414 1450. Make your thoughts heard. We'll talk to you after the break here on 1450 The Big X. Wednesday song day. Right? One too, yeah. I'd forgotten about this one came up on the cover on the shuffle. I remember the song. This is uh this was on the one of the albums that uh when I had my trip down to Gulf Shores. Memorable trip? Oh yeah. It wasn't the album that was in there. Remember that was uh that was Sponge's song Molly that was playing when the uh when the flower was taken. Okay. But this was, this was I the other CD like, I had. This was the other CD she stole from me. Probably like 3.5% of the people listening like knew what we were talking about when we got there, and then you just had to like go and, and say it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but it, I, also, I, I didn't realize until uh, when I, this came on the shelf, and I like was like, ah, oh, I've heard this album in a long time. And I looked up. This was their only album. Like, I mean, the I'm, band broke up. The band's I'm, Alaska. I'm, I'm not shocked. I, I couldn't have told you who the band was. I don't think that they'd done anything since then, so... <laughs> Not the most shocking news you've ever delivered on the show. <laughs> what shocked you more, that or the, the flower part? The flower part. <laughs> it's quite the story. Hey, remember, just just, uh, just tell that story just so you can, as little fans, you know, anything is possible. I did like that your mom your mom found out while listening to the show that, that, <laughs> that that's <laughs> what happened. Four o'clock hour here. We're going to turn things over to you guys on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. Reminder, Thornton's hooking up with the best deals all winter long, all holiday season long. Every day. Every damn day if you want to take advantage. 24-7. You have to be a refreshing rewards program member. It's very easy to do. It's not a you know a tough club to get into. There's no hazing. Just download the app on your phone. Search Thornton's. You'll find it very quickly. You'll become a refreshing rewards program member, and you'll save money at the pump and inside anytime you stop into one of the area's 76,866 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. Take advantage of their deals and then text us at 502-414-1450. Texter says, the first 10 minutes of KP's pregame, good, good, Kenny. The last bit of it, ah, so close. It is, I, mean, I, I feel like you're watching. There were moments, yeah, we were like, this is. What I want to hear, you're right. You do. It does feel like you're watching your kid at like a piano recital or something, where you're like, you, you know that they don't really have it. You, they mess up a ton, and you're like, good, good. Oh, oh no, 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 no. That's what it feels like watching every one of his press conferences. At least he didn't preface something with, you know, I probably shouldn't say this today. Like that was because when he said that, you're like, oh boy. Yeah, but somebody should have been like, Kenny probably should have said that. <laughs> Texas Mike, if you had a dollar, uh, if you got a dollar every time you heard that KP was about to be fired, how much of his buyout could you finance? A, a decent chunk at this point. I mean, it, it, it is, you know, it's so funny when people will come up like, you know, my my in laws are watching the kids today after the program, and my father in law is like, so like, have you heard anything? And I'm like, I've heard lots of things. I just, I, <laughs> I don't know if any of it's legit at this point. But yeah, there have been lots of inside sources. Everybody knows everybody. People think that things are going to happen. This is going to happen if this happens, and that's going to happen if this happens. It's just uh, it, it, wild times, Trev. Wild times. That's all you can say. 
you've got sources left and right too. You're 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 funneling info. All oh yeah, place. I mean I'm hearing the same thing. You're hearing the same thing. It's insane. By the way, Arch Manning might even make a visit here. That is a rumor. Cooper and Jeff are having lunch at checks. Texas says you almost managed to not make it weird two press conferences in a row, Kenny. He did. He came so close. For a while today, I was like, this is good. This is good. I did like that somebody was, they used the clip from True Detective of Woody Harrelson where they're like, you know, Kenny Payne speaks and it's like all college basketball fans. And it's the Harrelson quote where he's like, can you do me a favor and just stop saying weird bleep? <laughs> like he says the S word. It's just, it's such the perfect clip because. Yeah, I mean, just if you could just 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 stop, just lie to us. Sometimes I'll get confused. You're talking about Kenny or me. Well, but there's a lot of there's a lot of Kenny Payne in Trevor Kelsey. Sometimes it's just a different variety. <laughs> I, I can't even the differences. I'd have more than five wins. The sad thing is, is I know there are people close to Kenny Payne who like, will tell him, "Hey, man, like this is what I would would say. Like this is what I would do. This is what the message should be." And he just doesn't listen, according to. Most people, he just he can't say, "I'm going to do what I'm going to do." He, look, he said that on day one. He was like, "I don't, I'm not coming up here with any notes. I'm always just going to say what comes to my mind off the cuff." And if, at, at the time, it was endearing, and you're like, "Cool." And then after like a month, you're like, "Maybe prepare some notes." Um, you mean after a month when we were zero and nine? Well, I meant like you know, this was before we started playing. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was like spring of 2022. We did like two press conferences before we actually played. That's true. He did. The, he did the opening very, press conference. He did, the, he did like that private one with Tom Lane or something, wasn't it? Yeah, he's very quiet that summer. Yeah. Texas says, "Did you see that Mike Bray celebrates Citadel's absolutely destroying Notre Dame by making it rain at Magic City? He's really living his best life now that he's living in Atlanta. Did he really? <laughs> Is Mike Bray that bitter at Notre Dame? I, I I'd heard that he was pretty bitter. I mean, because it's clear. I don't. I don't think it's, he wants to still coach, and they didn't want him there anymore. It was more. It was kind of a, maybe a slightly Denny forced retirement type it, thing. It absolutely was. And then yeah. I think he, he was still ready to coach, and he got passed over for a couple jobs that I think he thought he had a real shot at. Which and might so be he's, a mistake. Yeah, I think so, too. He's got some good years left in him. Oh, yeah. So I think he's kind of in limbo. But I didn't I, – I, I'm, I'm choosing to believe that that's not – that Matt, Mike Bray was not seen at Magic City last night. It but, just it does baffle me that Notre Dame a school that like Digger Phelps just ride one win for like – Two decades would push them, push their most successful coach probably out the door. Yeah, I mean he's had like he's he's on the downslope a little bit for sure. The last three or four oh, years yeah. have not been great, but still like he's he took Notre Dame to places that I didn't think they could go consistently. Um, you know they won an AC, ACC championship just a few years ago for God's sake. Texas Billy Donovan got to make him say no. There's the got to make him Billy say Donovan. no. Donovan. He went from Patino yesterday to Donovan today. Uh oh, we're in the right tree now. It's <laughs> Travis Ford tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't turn down Travis Ford. He's doing okay at St. Louis. I don't think you could, Travis Ford. You got. I don't think you'd have to make him say no. He's just like <laughs> lock him out the door. Yeah, <laughs> Travis Ford got to lock the front door. Texas was it was it the KP Mafia that dumped the gas tanker on I sixty four to try to prevent the UK team from getting <laughs> to the game tomorrow? If so, it figures that they got the day wrong. So, have you seen that they, there was a big gas bill? Scoots texted me at like one thirty and said, "Hey." 64 is a madhouse. You might want to leave early. And I saw, so I woke up and saw, I was like, okay, I, that, that's good. No, so I left my house at like two o'clock. 64 is a madhouse. 264 was just like a walk in the park. I got here at 220. <laughs> Jeez. So I was just like sitting here, I'm like, well, that's what I need to sit in my car even longer while these parents pick up their kids and look at me like, you know, should I dial 911 or not? 
Yeah, I, I saw that because <laughs> they they guess they told the the people who live in St. Regis Park they had to like evacuate. No, I think now they're able to go back to their games. But yeah, was this a ploy to get this to stop this game from happening? So what happened? Was so is a, is a tanker tripped over? Is yeah. that what it was? Okay, yeah. So it's just gasoline. So it's not anything like it was like chemicals. Right. Over. Okay. Yeah. Mm. We're okay. Could you could you go and like scoop up the gas and put it in your car? Yeah. I would done. <laughs> Game's still on. I don't know why I'm thinking of a sunny in Philadelphia when they try to put it in a garbage bag. Text says there's something about coaching searches that are always kind of fun, so I'm actually a little bit excited about it. I'm also fascinated to hear the behind the scenes stories of this era when it's over and those start leaking out. They are fun. We just had way too many. Like the the the, the, the yeah. novelty is where is, is you know is, is is kind of wore off at this point. Yeah, you know, we'd had one college basketball basketball search of my lifetime, and that was Patino in 2001. And then, you know, we have the one in, in 2018, which wasn't really a surge. Then we had the one in 2022, which you know, kind of wasn't a surge. We've had multiple football ones that we haven't expected the last few years. I'm kind of ready for a not coaching surge at this point. Like, I mean, we've had like three, four coaching searches since we've been on the air. And we started in what, August of 2021? It hasn't been that long. I mean, they can be fun. I agree. But they can also cause a lot of like stress and heartache. And like, just. I, I find myself eating more tums during a coach's search, I think. I would like to have just a prolonged period of success where we've got the same coach and we're going to NCAA tournaments and we're not thinking about who the next coach is going to be. I mean, even when we haven't been in full search mode, we like, like things have been so bad here that we've been kind of looking around. You, you know, mm. I mean, we, we did it last year. We did it the year before. We're doing it again this year. I mean, I'm sitting here. First of all, it's kind of interesting that every coach that we've talked about is being on the list. I think they've lost their last game. Like, Shaka Smart <laughs> loses. UCLA lost to Cal State Northridge last week. Um, Nate Oates lost over the weekend his last game. Uh, who else has been talked about? Uh, Jerome Tang, they lost to Nebraska over the weekend. Like, every coach that we've discussed is a realistic possibility. Baylor, Scott Drew gets blasted by Michigan State. It's like nobody wants the job. Ah, but Kelvin Sampson's still undefeated. He is. I would love Kelvin. You've Sampson. won the job, Kelvin. Congrats. <laughs> by finishing December undefeated, or at least to this point. You're the winner. They've got a big game coming up. They, they play somebody really good before, I think, the end of the Memphis? year. Memphis? Is that what it is? I mean, that's like that's. I thought they had one non-conference game left against. Was it SMU that was also good last year too? I think in that conference a little bit. No, it wasn't. They were bad. No, there was somebody else. Sam Williamson's still playing for them. Okay, then that explains that. There was another team other than Memphis that was decent last year. I thought in the AAC. Yeah, they gave Houston a game. Even I just can't remember who it was. Um, didn't Memphis like sweep them and then lost the tournament to them or something? I think. Uh, no, the opposite. Houston beat them in, in both times of the regular season. Memphis beat them in the conference championship. Yeah, okay, so I don't guess. Yeah, Houston only lost three games last year. They lost to yeah, yeah the only conference game lost to Bama, was, Temple, and then Memphis. I think it was a Temple maybe. Man, no, they were sixteen. So they fired McKee. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking the year before then. Yeah, there was nobody else good in that league. Maybe the year before SMU had a decent team or somebody else had a decent team. SMU had been good in a while. Wasn't last year though. No. <laughs> SMU once was good, damn it, I know it. Larry Brown was there. They were. They had, they had a good run, and then they got caught cheating then, with both him and Tim Jankovic. I was going to say, then they had one other – right after he left, they had one good year, I think. Where I, I, good is maybe a stretch yeah. to say it, but it's they had some good years. competitive. They lost to UCLA on an air ball. Remember that? Bryce Offord, air ball to shot. They called goaltending. That's how they lost. That's how they got beat in the tournament. Texas says, hey, Mike, just wanted to thank you again for letting me post that um, meme you made. Getting a retweet from TK has made my whole week. And I did mean to add a flashing Mike Rutherford guarantee to it, but my computer fan started to sound like a dying cat. You did great work. I appreciate it. You did fantastic. I enjoyed sharing that. 
you deserve all the the flowers you're getting. I retweeted it and I sent it to friends. So. I did. I actually saw that you retweeted it. I was like, damn, yeah. Trevor's active on Twitter today. Yeah, it was that was a heavy Twitter day. I think that night. I go, I go in stretches. Like there'll be like I get like a four hour stretch from my. I'll start tweeting stuff. Then I, then you won't see me again for like a month. Yeah. Texas, if Louisville were to beat Kentucky tomorrow, where would that rank in the biggest upsets in the modern rivalry? Number one. Number one. It's a, yeah, not, not, close. not close. Yeah, <laughs> jinx. <laughs> I mean, the closest to this would be '98, right? Yes. That's up top. I I don't remember like like '88. Man, I don't know. We beat them in '88. There's not, there hasn't been a bigger one. Yes. Yeah, I mean, right. we are. I mean, what other time have we been talking about going in this rivalry game as far as like, hey, is he going to get fired tomorrow after the game? Like, that hasn't really been a thing in, in this rivalry history. The 97 98 team, I mean, that team ended up being terrible, but like. They were 500, I thought, weren't they? No, they went, they, they, 12 they, went, they went like 12 and 19. Okay, 12 and 19 team. Because yeah. he had two years where they went like 12 and 19 yeah. and 12 and 20, and it was his last year too. But like, I think going into that game, they weren't. Like, like they had a decent – I think they had a winning – no, they didn't. I just looked it up, actually. They were 3-6 and six going into the Kentucky game that oh, year. Oh, yeah, I knew we were but bad, yeah. But they had played five top 25 teams. They played North Carolina, who was number three, Purdue, who was number six, Arkansas, who was number 15, Mississippi, who was number 16, Georgia Tech, and then they played at Kentucky, who was number four. I did not remember that brutal schedule before the game. I don't know. That, that slipped my mind. Yeah, look who they played before. That. I mean, Hofstra's the only bye game they had. They played Hofstra – Illinois, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Purdue, Arkansas, Morehead State, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, and then Kentucky. That's insane. I don't know what 12 and 20, because that team, I mean, let's be honest, that's pretty, wasn't like oozing with talent. No, and we ended up, we, we tanked in the, okay. yeah, we, the conference plays where we really bottomed out, but we beat UK and then went on a little bit of a winning streak after that. And then, I mean, this, you know, CUSA was a good league. We played, Cincinnati was nationally ranked. We also played Syracuse then. Um, it was in the non-conference. It was one of those bizarre Syracuse games we would play in like January, February. We um, did bottom out. Played UCLA. Go you on. say Syracuse was ranked, Marquette ranked. Uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati was ranked, you mentioned, yeah. And we played, what, one? At the time of playing them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ten, ten conference, ten ranked teams. Jeez. Out of third, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's <laughs> For a team playing in Conference USA. Yeah, and here we are now trying to schedule as weak as we can just to win a game. We are. Didn't work. But that's not what did. That wasn't Denny's MO. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't afraid. We are. We're going to end up finishing, unless something crazy happens tomorrow, right in between our two non-conference projections. You had, you had us winning three games. I had us winning seven games. It looks like we're going to win five, which is, you know, right against this non-conference schedule is so bad. But, hey. Yeah. We just met in the middle. This, this season's a little awkward. Suck at Pepperdine. <laughs> suck at Coppin State. You suck it too, UMBC. Texture says, was Trevor saying I don't cross my T's and dot my I's is a sneaky reference to the message board rumor of the day, or is that just usual <laughs> Trevor chatter? The thread says that Kenny's negotiated buyout and next steps are a done deal and happening post-UK game. Nothing surprising. I mean, that's been the rumor forever. I mean, there was a rumor that if he lost to Pepperdine, it was done. There's a rumor that, you know, which I, I don't think was the only thing that I'd heard dating back to last week. The most consistent thing that I've heard from people is that if it happens, it'll happen after the UK game. So I've stood by that. I I mean, I, the time, the, 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 the it time makes too much it, sense. It makes too much, yeah. And, and, and I know. Imagine bringing in an interim coach from the outside three days before the UK game. And I've, I've emphasized this before. Like, there's no way that Josh Hurd is making a decision on by game by game decision. The decision is made. 
Like you make it on a basis of like an entire a group of games or in a season, and where this team is at. Just don't you? I doubt Josh Hart's going. Well, you know what? If you beat Pepperdine, I change my mind. You can stay. It's I, I seriously would hope not. I think you'd be surprised. Yes. Texas says, I'm not one to believe in conspiracy theories, but if we found out tomorrow that KP has been a Manchurian candidate this whole time, I would not be shocked. For him to repeat the one-point win line after the issue he got last year is insane. He's either purposely poking at the fan base or he's an absolute idiot. It's mind-boggling. How is he this bad at this? I told you, if it came out one, at one point, like 30 years from now, that he was a UK plant, I'd be like, that's crazy. But I'm not like totally shocked like he was really good at it like it would make it makes sense on a lot of levels i don't levels. know if he's real good if he's better at it he would have won a few more games outside of the uk you think game. he's too suspicious i think he's a little too obvious yeah he's a little too on the nose and by the way i've never seen manchurian candidate either one no i, I was trying to say, it's a remake in there there's Den, a remake denzel right no oh the, the original one's from like the 50s or 60s yes I've that's seen, the only one i think of yeah i've seen both i saw the, the second one i saw in theaters there may be more than that, but I know that there are two. I, I, now you say I do remember kind of a remake, but I, I just I always think of the original. Yeah, we saw it was one of those when, back when I was like doing the what you used to always do, like sneaking in and like just staying at theaters. Oh, I did that a, yeah. many a time. Many great. a time. It was great. Um, you sure it didn't have Denzel in it? Maybe it did. I can't remember. Yeah, Denzel. Uh, no, wait a minute. Hold on, start. Yeah, Denzel Washington and Meryl Streep. Did it? Okay, I knew Meryl Streep was in it. Meryl Streep holds a record for most nominations by a woman, but not without winning an Oscar. She's won an Oscar. She's won like a billion Oscars. Oh, it was her. She's like, oh, she like, she went like, oh, she's like, oh, and eight. Meryl Streep. Who am I thinking of? Somebody else. You're, you're, you're no, def- Glenn Close. That's Glenn you're Close. absolutely thinking of some. Meryl Streep wins the yeah, best right. actress like every single year. Glenn Close is the one that's over eight. There you go. And Peter O'Toole is over eight in men. Texas Trevor has a weird obsession with TJD. The man brings him up anytime he can. You bring up Trace Jackson Davis he a lot. He was good, man. He was I, he I, was fine, but like you act like he's the greatest college basketball player of all time. No, but he was he was a damn good college basketball player. He was, but like there are lots of really good college basketball players. Yeah, but that uh, you're right. I do have a I have a thing for like the the six ten kind of swing can play inside and out and can dominate a game. I kind of like Danny Manning style did in '88. You're comparing Trace Jackson Davis to Danny Manning. If he had Larry Brown as a coach, maybe I could have. Maybe. <laughs> I also think of guys like John Wallace, who like led could lead a team that that type of like form of player that could take a team and on his shoulder and and make a Cinderella run. Did it happen? No, no, no. because no. unfortunately, in all three of those scenarios, guess which one had the weakest coach? John Calipari. <laughs> Calipari's not in the next scenario. You said John Wall. No, I didn't. I said, I said John Wallace. You said John Wall. I said John Wallace. I didn't hear the Wallace. <laughs> of course you didn't. You stopped listening five minutes ago. No, I was listening to the whole thing. It was just, really? It's hard to track. You said John Wall, and I couldn't <laughs> keep track. Texas Trevor, just be thankful that you're not the guy producing Jerry Eve's radio show, which I didn't exist, knew exist before the latest viral clip. People like Eve's who are insist that rebuild takes time, especially with scandal, pissed me off. Kansas had been great this whole time and have the same issues. Uh, FBI, stripper pole, court. Committing violations while on probation, uh, violation, etc. Yeah, do, I mean, do, do we even like talk about this? The no, here's the I'll give you a quick scenario of my thoughts. It's 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 silly what he said, but it's Jerry E's probably being a very good friend. He's defending his someone he's a friend with, and that's just loyal. But it's he's got a radio show at a ri- where he's it's supposed at, to be objective. Well, it's kind of a paid program, but at a, it's at a risk of just making himself look silly because he does look silly in his comments. They were ridiculous. I mean, 
beyond ridiculous. Like you can't defend these. Like, saying no. that the program was a wreck since 2009 is just to say like you can't blame Kenny for anything that happened last year. You, you I almost almost to a point that you can't blame him for this year. The thing is, you know, he's like, it's all about the strippers. It's all about the scan. It's all about the banner coming down. That's what happened last year. Then explain how we're number one in the country and, and poised to be a top three seed two years before. Like, that makes no sense. Like, like Chris Mack was doing with the dealing with the exact same thing. In fact, I think you could say that he was dealing with more because it was more recent. There was all this word that the, the punishment was going to be imminent. Uh, you know, he's dealing with the recruiting cloud. Like, just that make it makes no sense. It's, but it's again, I, I, only thing I took from that was this: I know they're very good friends, and that he's just defending him. I mean, it's, he's just being a good. You're right. I mean, is, is it good to, to do that? And it, it basically says, but in the future, though, you can't take my radio show seriously. I mean, I think that there's been that well, notion for a long time. True. I mean, you, know, you you had – if there is any good that comes out of these two, let's say the rest of this year winds up being a disaster, Kenny Payne gets fired on Friday or gets fired at the end of the year, whenever it happens. But if there's anything good that has come out of this period, it's that we finally, once and for all, after hearing about this for the last <laughs> 25 years, can say, we're never listening to you all again. Like, you guys have been complaining about this for such a long time. We respect what you did here as players, but you know you wanted Jerry Eves to coach the team over Rick Pitino. Like, like that right there should have, all credibility should have been taken away at that point. And then you, you, you said Kenny Payne didn't get a fair look in 2018 when we hired Chris Mack. We gave him a fair look this time. We did it your way, and the results have quite literally been the most awful period in the history of, of U of L basketball, the results have never been worse. The team has never looked worse. Fans have never showed up at a less rate. Like, there's nothing good about what's happening right now. Well, now, Mike, don't say he's nine wins because four wins doesn't count. Last year doesn't count. He had to clean up the, the entire mess that was U of L last year. That doesn't count. It makes no sense. And you know what? In this season, in a rebuild, he's already won five games. I love how he said that was like a brag to it. Like, he's won five games in a rebuild. It made me think of the old Chris Rock stand-up when he's talking about like you can't, you shouldn't brag about things that you shouldn't do. Like I ain't never been to prison. You're not supposed to. Yeah, I, mean, like, I took care of my kids. Good for you. That's like he's like he's got five wins in a rebuild. He should have more. Have you seen our schedule? We had not lost a November home brag. game before two years ago. We had not lost a November home game since 1972. We've lost seven in the last two years. I, you know, what are we talking about here? Like this is. At some point, like you're no longer a, a Louisville supporter. I know you play here, but you know you have. We've had multiple players who have been like, if you don't hire Kenny Payne, I'm taking my support elsewhere. Like at this point, like you just have to say fine. Like I, I hate that there was that there's been a a gap between the program and former players. You always hate that. You you don't want to see it happen again. But there was kind of a gap between the program and former players when Rick Pitino was here. They still were showing up, and they were keeping their complaints to a minimum when we're going to Final Fours and winning national titles and we're the toast of college basketball. If that happens again, if we you know kill the next hire and we bring in the right guy and he gets us back to where we're supposed to be, you know, they'll come around. They may be pissed off at the way that this played out, but like at some point you have to stop caring about what these people who played here 40 years ago said. You just do. Like, like You want to to give them their proper respect. You want to show them their appreciation. You want to to pay tribute to what they accomplished here as players, but you can't let them run the program. You can't let them make the decisions that affect the future of the program. The game has changed a lot. Not unless they're qualified. No offense to Jerry Eves. You're not qualified. Texture says, a sea lion would tear you to shreds, Trevor. <laughs> this is the outrunning the alligator comment all over again. I, you could not beat up a sea lion. 
I've seen sea lions get whooped all the time. By who? Mostly they have bats, but I mean, do I get a weapon in this scenario? The average sea lion weighs 600 pounds. So? I weigh like 450. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> Who'd win a race between me and a sea lion? A sea lion. I, on land. A sea lion. <laughs> Uphill. A sea lion. In the desert. Sea lion. I get half mile head start, Trevor. Who'd <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who's better chance of winning? Me a sea line over a sea line in a race or Louisville over UK? Oh God! <laughs> What's who'd win between a, a hurricane and Ditka? The hurricane's name is Ditka. <laughs> I'm now envisioning you racing a sea line. It's, it's a great. I visual. still think I could beat up a sea lion. Didn't, didn't that would they, don't they get beat up all the time? Isn't that the big thing? Like you don't beat up a sea lion. Don't they get clubbed? It's like a big environmental thing, right? Don't club the sea lions. What are you saying? I can't even beat them up. You're saying the sea lion will beat me. I think you're thinking of baby seals. Oh. <laughs> you could probably beat up a baby seal. What well, does the sea lion? Is it, are we talking adult sea lion or child sea lion? I, I I don't know. Can I beat up a baby seal though? Probably not. I mean, not like I'm like asking if I can. Or you could have, you know. Okay, we need to move on. <laughs> TJ texted then. Okay. He said, my losing season, when he details diving into the stands at South Carolina and having cigarettes put on him and his teammates, that wouldn't feel good. I'd wow. forgotten that part, that but was, that is... Wow. He did say that. It was a different... Look, we had we know how South Carolina fans act. Remember the, the, oh, the fight yeah. in the late 80s? Their fans got into it with, our, with us, and then, you know, we came back and whooped their ass in overtime. Yeah, South Carolina's never been exactly... Uh, let's just say their, their team nickname is appropriate for their fans. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Hey, Mike, I'm here to defend Trevor about giving his tickets to a UK fan. Right, stop right there. We're done. Show's over. Everybody take it easy on him. He told Thank me you. the day before that he had a plan to make sure KP gets fired. He said, we're going to make sure to get as many UK fans in the Yum Center to embarrass him as possible so there's no shot he stays. Go Cards, fire KP. I don't think that's going to embarrass him, Texter. I wish it would. It's like this. Th- those are the two fans that are going to push it over the edge. I mean, he's going <laughs> to... Josh Hurd's like, I wasn't going to do it. His wife's pretty loud. Uh... <laughs> No, I just, I mean, if anything, this make KP want to stay longer because it'll be the best ovation you'll get. I mean, the the piping and crowd noise at practice is humiliating. <laughs> it's such a human, like we've had such bad crowds and we're expecting there to be so many, like loud crowd noise, mostly because it's going to be UK fans that we're doing. I mean, New York was probably the best crowds we had, right? We played in front of because I mean I don't think DePaul really brought the house either. I mean DePaul. I think we had. It sounded like we had more fans at DePaul than we had uh, for some which home games. Even sadder, which is. We had, I think we had more fans at that game than they did. No, I know. I said that's what makes it sadder. I know. And I agree. I it's remember. all sad. It's, it, this has to stop. We've got to move. Even if we're not great next year, we've got to find a way to generate enthusiasm. Like I, I, we're playing the battle for Atlantis next season. It's a loaded tournament. Like I am sick of of checking out and not having any excitement about college basketball two weeks into the year, we've got to find a way to at least bring the hope and the enthusiasm back. Because we've had down years before where it's still been fun. You've, you've kind of enjoyed the journey, and we've bitched and moaned when the team hasn't played well, and we're only going to be a seven seed, or we might miss the tournament or whatever. But at least we've been, we've been relevant, and we've been part of the game. We've been part of the conversation in a positive way. We've, like, we can't go another year doing this. Like, can, there's no way to – is there any way of any positivity going into next season if Kenny Payne was to stay? Unless he goes on some sort of crazy run that starts tomorrow night, it's hard to foresee that. I mean, I mean he, he kind of – I wouldn't say – We're not recruiting anybody. I was going to say – because I, I was going to say at least going into this year, I wouldn't say snowed you, but 
He, he did. He did give you some oomph to think that there could be a difference because the, the recruiting class was solid. Well, yeah. Well, if, up until they started leaving for Australia, you know, we get yeah, we, I mean, we get Trenton Flowers. We have a top ten recruiting class. We bring yeah. in a couple of the higher profile transfer portal players and Sky Clark and Trey White. And you're thinking, yeah, I mean, if if he shows me something, if we flirt with the NCAA tournament this year, recruiting maybe gets even better, and we get another couple of big guys out of the transfer portal next year. Like this could be something that works, and then to immediately have any hope deflated with the exhibition loss and barely beating UMBC, losing to Chattanooga, and just looking like straight ass for the first month and a half of the season, has I think you, at some point you're just like, if he shows you who he is as a coach, like at some point you just have to believe him. Like it's just it's not going to get turned around. But um, I almost don't want to bring in the big town because then he might be Mike Woodson competitive, and do we have an excuse to stick with him? It's going to take care of itself this year. Yeah, if it doesn't get better this year, then there's there's no way. We can't do another year of this. We can't. We'll take a break. When we come back, more for you guys on the Thornton's tax line, 502-414-1450. We'll talk a little football as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Big X. Very Trevor feel to it. Once, once I realized it was, it was there. Now it's I can hear the Grateful Dead. Oh, this is my this was one of my jams. I can see it. Four Downs to Freedom was my favorite. It's still my favorite album of all time. Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show, Wednesday edition here on 1450-961, The Big X. Reminder, we've got uh, Louisville versus Kentucky tomorrow. Six o'clock is the tip-off. We'll have the pregame. We'll be on the air from 3 to 4.30 on 970 WGTK. You'll have the pre actual pregame show from 4.30 to 6 after we get off the air. And then you can hear all the action on our sister station, 970, uh, as the cards take on the Cats in the annual, annual Battle of the Bluegrass. A little bit of general college hoops news here that's, uh, I mean, college sports news. Oregon State and Washington State, the two leftovers in the Pac-12. Pac-2. The Pac-2, a.k.a. They're going to join the West Coast Conference as affiliate members in basketball and all other non-football and baseball D1 sports for the next two seasons. So they'll be there in basketball. They'll be there in every sport besides football and baseball for just the next two years before they figure out where the hell do we go from here? Like, any, any Somebody else takes them, or do they, they just stay in the West Coast if that's the case? It will be interesting to see because you know everyone has talked about you know Gonzaga plays nobody in the West Coast Conference. Like Washington State and Oregon State, if they go in there and they say like, beat Gonzaga for a couple of years, it just kind of furthers the point, belabors the point. Uh, but that will be, I mean, it, I understand why they're making the move. Any port in the storm at this point in the West Coast Conference is, is typically a a decent league in most major in kind of the I guess non-major sports but baseball and, and football you obviously got to do what's best for those two programs and there's no there's no West Coast Conference for football good luck sorry uh, Pepperdine things are just about to get worse for you 
<laughs> it's been a rough road for Lorenzo Romar, and it's about to get rougher. Uh, he, he used to like, like during the during early part of the second half of that game. He was just thinking about getting back to the beaches of Malibu. Like, yeah, why am I here? Why am I in Louisville in November? It's thirty degrees out, people. Before we get to the text line, Trevor, how much Christmas shopping do you have to do for for relatives? Do you do? I, I don't. I don't have a feel of like. I know you meet with family during the holidays. Like how much Christmas? How many? How many of these people are you buying presents for? Uh, does my mom count? Yeah, one. Oh, that's it. Yeah, well, that's not bad. I yeah, don't say this, but but like people I work with all get gifts, and and I give gifts to my friend. I just I just don't send any out to my cousins. I don't I don't blame you for that. I mean I don't know what to I, if I sent them anything it would just be like an e card or something or like you know gift card to email or whatever. I was asking because this year and it was kind of bad last year, but the some of the delivery times have been like you know ter- like some gifts that I ordered like late November early December that were supposed to be here you know estimated delivery date December tenth twelfth we still weren't here and we had one <laughs> it's like because I made most of my orders like two days ago <laughs> yeah there are somewhere I'm like yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be tight but the big ones are you know when you're talking about stuff for the kids stuff that Santa's not gonna bring the stuff that you know mm-hmm. mom and dad are getting you're you're worried and like last night I had to like kind of Mary's like you gotta <laughs> you know. You got to go after the postal service. You got to find a way to talk. I'm like, I'm like, there's no chat option. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. First of all, don't piss off the postal service. <laughs> but they, we, we thought that they lost the pa- one of like the big packages that we had for, yeah, for for the big day, and thankfully it came today. And there's nothing like the relief of getting something in time for Christmas for you know a present that you really want to give. So like that was a good feeling to have it taken care of. But it was definitely some nervous. Who's the gift for? Well, it's, it's it's you know for the kids. Okay, are they listening right now? I wonder what it is. Well, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you over the air. Mm. It's, it's part the, something that we hope that Santa brings. It's okay, an, an accessory for that. So <laughs> we're excited. We're excited. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We talked a lot of hoops today. At five o'clock hour. We will talk a little bit about the uh, national signing day that Jeff Brom had. Fourteen player class. A couple of guys that I think that we're we're pumped about. It's it's weird. National signing day just not what it used to be in terms of focus and attention because the transfer portal has become such a big thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we may try to get Keith went on as well. He, I think he volunteered. He said, hey, he's written about all these guys. Uh, we may talk to him for a little bit. But we'll talk Today? a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more. I mean, is that, is that even possible? Yeah, I guess. You didn't say that. I didn't know. It was well, no, he, he, yeah, he just kind of hit me up. Like, hey, I'm, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> like, cool. Like, you know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I'm, don't mind me. I'm just the guy that makes the call. No reason to tell me. I'm just the lead singer. You're supposed to have one right now. 502 414 1450. Let's take some tags. Right. How did you feel about Chip Kelly's 64 team mega conference scheduling idea? Do you think there's any chance that will ever actually happen? I haven't seen this. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming the 64 team football tournament. I would love it, but I don't know how I that would work. Don't think you could. It would take like three months, wouldn't it? Sure. Well, I mean, more football. We already have like eighty-five bowl games. I mean, if you're if you're limiting a team to only like once a week, I mean, that would take that would take a while. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I have to. I have to read what the proposal is. I, I saw the the clip going around where he was like, I, I just saw like everyone was talking about Chip Kelly. This makes way too much sense. This makes but I didn't actually watch the clip, so I can't. I've got no real frame of reference here. Uh, but you know, he's talking. He's pissed off about. UCLA joining the Big Ten and, and you know, all this stuff. I'd be too. I mean, he's been – I wouldn't say he's, he's – I thought he'd be better already farther along at UCLA when he went there than he is our, than he is now. 
Man, they won like eight or nine games, I think, the last two years. But yeah, you were big on the hire initially. I, I thought, well, I thought it'd be a good hire. I mean, you say it's a it's a job that you can he could you know do what he wants to do and put in that offense and get some talent. He got talent. He can't keep it there now, but he's been there since like two thousand what seventeen eighteen, and it, it's just now starting to look decent. Yeah, and it's weird because they were like a defensive team this year. I know exactly. Texas, since we play better on the road, maybe we'll play better tomorrow. Basically, a road environment with all the UK fans. I mean. Do you still think it's going to be more UL than UK? I think it'll be like 60-40 UK, if I had to guess. I don't know. It's, it, it makes me sad to even talk about. Texas Trevor's Oppenheimer review is disappointing, as expected. Uh, next, Trevor's going to say that he hates Barbie. Also, Oppenheimer was better in theaters, for what it's worth. The music score is incredible. Yeah, see, I, I, I get that, but if you have to, you make a movie, you have to watch it in theaters because it's a big screen scene. I don't. I don't. I don't want a movie. Doesn't need. To, I don't want a movie. I'm not gonna leave that. my house for a movie. I'm not leaving my house for anything. Yeah, I don't need a big screen to, to appreciate good dialogue and story. And I have not watched Barbie. I did stop on it for like 30 seconds when I saw it on HBO the other day. Um, I'm. I'll get to it. I swear. 30 seconds is usually all you need. <laughs> yeah. Texas says Louisville fans should we stay up and watch Alabama's Arizona game tonight to potentially see how a future Louisville team may look. <laughs> Blink, blink twice if that's the case. I think you know how Alabama's going to look. They're, they're going to get up and down. They're going to take a bunch of threes and a bunch of layups. That's There you go. Boom. Done. Uh, I think Bama's got to... just take Arizona's coach? I wouldn't hate Tommy, Tommy Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah, I mean, you know, and everyone would be like, oh, what's he done in the NCAA tournament? I don't care. He's been a one and a two seed. He's only two years as a head coach. I think his, his, his less losses than we do wins. <laughs> Last two years. I think that'll be a really good game. Um yeah, it could be. Tonight, too. I mean, it's it's a semi home game for Arizona, but Bama has played a really tough schedule. They've you know, they've they've played competitive games against good teams. I, I still think they're going to be fine this year, but that's going to be a tough spot for them. I think Arizona probably wins, but I would not be shocked at all if Bama, you know, whatever the spread is, I think it's like six. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Bama covers that. Texture says, um, player takes official visit to Louisville. Jeff shows D. Player commits. <laughs> Oh, the organization of that text, but okay. Well, did, well, now, was it this weekend that Carter Knox was in town or did he already leave? Carter Knox was in town last weekend, yeah. Oh, it was last week, okay. And there on. were rumors swirling on the, the, the big UofL message boards that like, hey, this is going to sound crazy, but I, I'm hearing he's going to commit this weekend. <laughs> and, spoiler, he did, he did not commit. Oh, I don't want a spoiler. Well, it's more of just like a... <laughs> Here's the present you situation. Gotta, you, it's you, Wednesday. Wait, you get, he you still has not committed. You can't just say spoiler than say it. That's like... That's like it's like the person who like knocks on the door as they open it. You know, you, you guys say spoiler, then wait for me to say no spoiler. The picture of him at the game was just so <laughs> depressing too. You know, usually you sure that wasn't Quran. Usually they show <laughs> recruits like you know they'll put them in the the Cameron crazies. They'll put them in the student section and they're like they're kind of jumping around too. And you know they'll, they'll put them with the students at whatever game. And since we don't have students going to games right now, <laughs> it was just kind of Carter Knox sitting by himself, <laughs> getting ready for a game against Pepperdine. You couldn't have let them hang out with the cheerleaders or something. Put them with the media. Do you like what you see, Carter? <laughs> Big time college basketball. Uh, te- we should have just like shown him a clip from a game in like 2003 or something. Texas with NS with, with National Signing Day coming to an end and us picking up the UNC corner. Do we have any other spots open for football transfers? Yes, 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 we do. Texas, the people. Uh, Texas, I ran into Chris Mack at the BP off Brooks exit today. He was walking out with a sixer. 
probably in town for family, but I'd like to imagine that he's going to run out of the tunnel tomorrow with UK <laughs> holding two L's down. <laughs> the people need to be prepared for the scenario. He would probably do that too. <laughs> I don't think Chris Mack harbors any sort of goodwill towards Louisville. Yeah, but I could see Mack. Even if he did, I could see a Mack doing that. He seems like the kind. Of, I mean, we we, we watched the guy. Cut not one but two wrestling promos on UK while he was here. I do love that Chris Mack is putting out like supportive tweets about Xavier. You know, they beat when they beat Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. He put out like a like a, a gif of the Xavier mascot looking around a corner and stuff. I can't imagine if we beat Kentucky tomorrow that he's going to be putting out a similar tweet about Louisville. No. I just don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think so. Texture says, uh, "I have an anime ready for each of you. If you win, it's good anime. Don't worry." I will watch anime if we win tomorrow. That's a I'll, I'll watch it on Christmas. How about that? No, well, you don't want to ruin Christmas. I will watch it on Christmas if I, we beat Kentucky. That's a promise. If we beat Kentucky, I'll watch it over the weekend. I'll probably watch it on Christmas because the Eagles play at three o'clock on Christmas Day. So, uh, but I, I will watch. Take up your whole Christmas. You got the whole day. <laughs> anime it takes a lot. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I, I guess you tell me it's going to be good. I'll take your word for it, but you know, I'll, I'll watch it. We'd be it. Have you ever watched any anime? A little bit here and there. I, my old roommate Ruben, he, he's into that stuff. I don't think I've ever seen like any. It's not. I can't. It doesn't do it for me. Texas pro tip, Kenny, for your next head coaching gig, you have to have the mentality that you want to beat every opponent by 20 just to win against some of the better teams by one. Don't give him advice. Only winning by one is Kenny Payne admitting to point shaving. Hmm. What if like we were up by ten in the last minute, and we just start like letting them score so we can get the score down to one? He's like, I told you, I wasn't joking. I mean, knowing that we've watched this little team over the last year and this quarter, would we even consider point shaving? Which <laughs> like, oh, here we go again, <laughs> we're dropping the ball. <laughs> what kind of offense is this? Everybody in the nation's like, how obvious is it? We're like, it is? <laughs> Clearly, this is your first time watching a Kenny yeah, Payne coach team. Yeah, it's the truth. They're definitely shaving points. No, this is just no, how they look. That's the typical turnover. But they looked so good a minute ago. We know. <laughs> Welcome to our world. The only thing they're shaving is time off my life. <laughs> Tyler just gave the ball to the other guy. He does that. He does. <laughs> Every now and then, he'll probably make a great play in a couple seconds. It's fine. He's a generous young man. What can I say? What do you want me to say? Texas says, uh, if there was any doubt about what exactly to expect tomorrow, that I just want to win by one BS should be the nail in the coffin, that we're going to get ran wire to wire. 81-53 cats, fire KP as soon as the clock hits zero, but also something I've always thought about in the back of my head is in games where it feels like we have little chance to win, why don't teams ever go Jeff Walls versus Brittany Griner and Baylor and just shoot a million threes and pray enough go in to win? Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst plan in the world. Yeah, I just don't know if we're going to I mean, does, does that Walls team tomorrow have a – I mean, that, they maybe could do it. What was the Sarah name? What was Sarah's name? Nord. Nord, yeah. I mean – I mean, if we, had, if, if we put, you know, that fight in a – BHH, then he could be an All American. I mean, I mean, like, what's the worst that could happen? Oh no, we might lose by forty. You know, like, you know, who cares? But we're not shaving. We're definitely not shaving. Definitely not. Um, Texas says UK UNC basketball crushed bowl ratings. No, it didn't. Texas, good lord, old son Billy couldn't keep a commitment from his own son at this point. Who didn't? I have no idea what that means. 
He made it from his own son. Sun Belt Bill was at Bill Gillespie? I don't, I don't not know. Not a Sun Belt, is he? No. He's at Tarleton State. Yeah, I was saying the high, yeah, the, the, well, that's not high school. But yeah. And also, who cares if he can't? I don't know. They're talking about somebody else. They've got to be. Texas, if you don't think that beating UK does anything for Kenny Payne, why are they waiting until after this game to decide his fate? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't agree with Trevor on that. Texas, traffic is a nightmare out here. I wish the game was tonight so that I could miss it. Traffic is traffic was terrible for me getting over here. Like I don't know why, but the Waterson was backed up. Taylorsville Road was really backed up. It took me, like, I, I left in plenty of time and I barely made it here. But uh, traffic was really bad. And and, and you, we don't, you don't agree with me, but I, I, the reason I say that they're waiting not not after the UK game is not because they're waiting to see if he wins or loses. Because what well, I do agree with you is the time frame of gap between that game and the next game. So you think if we beat Kentucky, he still gets fired? If they if he's going to be fired in the middle of the season, then pull the trigger. No, regardless of what happens on Thursday, it be. I mean, I'm not saying just, but if you're not, we weren't deciding to pull the trigger already. Because I'm, a, I would like to think that he's he's in the works of, you know, who's going to be stepping in interim wise. How many people are going to be let go? I mean, it's not something you can just make on a decision on a whim the night before. I mean, it's well, Vince would probably would have, but I would like to think Josh isn't because he is a qualified AD, unlike Vince. Yeah. By the way, Kentucky, North Carolina uh, over the weekend, 2.397 million viewers. The same day, UCLA, Boise State in the LA Bowl, 2.384 million viewers. So more watched UK, UNC, but not crushed at all. It's very, very close. And that's a. I, I, but, honestly, what would, but Louisville brings usually a higher viewership. My argument to that a little bit was Italy, I was thinking maybe in this market alone. The game, the game doesn't do great ratings. It, 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 it unfortunately does. In this market, yeah. I mean, you got like. it's. 67% of people are going to watch the game. College basketball in general, yeah. But, yeah, it's just a, nationally it's not not going to be great. But, I mean, I didn't even know that UCLA-Boise State was a game that had happened, and it's almost as many people watch as watched. Like I did because we talked about Boise powers. State guy, yeah. Did we? We brought it up, yeah. In fact, sadly, I think we previewed more of it than we did Louisville Pepperdine. I don't remember doing that at all. Because Louisville Pepperdine we just brought up like with like four seconds left from the show on Friday. Well, I knew that, but I don't. Yeah. I don't remember talking about UCLA. Boys I, knew, State I remember asking, doing a pick for it, and I picked who won the game. I don't think we talked about that game. Whoever lost is the one I picked. I don't remember. I have no idea. I don't even know what happened. Texas, Kenny B and Kenny, classic Gill, <laughs> classic Gill, classic Gill. Texas says, uh, some, seems like the fan base is divided on this one. What are your thoughts on Chris Beard? Does he come with too much baggage to hire at U of L? Personally, I think he's the easiest bet for a current coach that would win multiple national titles here at Louisville. I think Trevor and I are split on this. I, I, I don't want Chris Beard. I think the baggage is too significant. Trevor, I don't. You seem to not care. It doesn't. But no, I mean, why? Well, I mean, I care. I don't want him to go around beating up women. But I, but I think it's the juice is worth the squeeze. I just now, but he's at Ole Miss. I don't think we're gonna we'd get him anyway. I mean, he's gonna stay at Ole Miss probably. If if it were as simple as like, hey, he was accused of this and it like, it actually didn't happen. Then I'd be fine. Well, it was the accusation was pulled back? I mean, there it was. But, but if it was that, but I mean, the the rumors surrounding Beard and issues that he has, to me, like it, it, I think it's a ticking time bomb situation. Like I, I don't. I hope I'm wrong about this. I really, really do. Because like you know, I, I, I never do. want anything bad to happen to anybody. But I do think I'll be surprised if there's not something else that happens with Chris Beard during his time as a head coach. And I'd prefer that negative headline to not happen here let me but say the dude can coach there's no question yeah like, like as a coach i would love to have him here sure absolutely I'd, and his off the off the court stuff like i would it's not it's not bad enough to where i wouldn't hire him why why i would maybe not want to bring chris beard here 
It's kind of like what you said. I don't know if he can handle it. Like, I don't know if he – I'm just worried he would go Billy Gillespie. And he's a better coach than that. But, like, you, the little – I mean, you've got to be – and you saw Texas, he had, I mean, maybe trouble handling it. And, and it came out. And, I don't think that that's the issue. I just I think the heat would would lead to like what you said, possibly bad stuff happening. I off think the it's court. happening wherever he goes. Like I, yeah. I don't think that it's like this is going to be too. Like I, he's one of the dudes. He because he won't get that heat. He's miss. mentally made for the job. Like like he would. But I, I think the some of the you know dancing around saying what you know, whatever people can you can well, call inf- infer. Stuff, yeah. Like I think that his issues are just. Beyond that, but you know, we'll, people change. People can get better. We'll, we'll find out. There's no question about the fact. Like, there was a lot of talk that like he was next up at Kentucky whenever Calipari was going to call. Like they, they thought he was going to be that guy. Now it seems like Scott Drew's got that buzz. But it's been you know, Cal has been there so long. There's always been this this talk that he's going to leave. And, yeah. So I think it's been like 17 different guys at this point. But you know, Beard, they're, they're, look. What he's doing at Ole Miss right now speaks for itself. The guy can ask. He, he, I mean, he took Texas Tech. Texas Tech, for God's sakes, to within a basket of winning a national title. They probably should have won that game. The big thing he to me was coach. he kept winning after that because that was yeah. the Texas Tech. He found two like just diamonds in a rough with the the, the two guards. I'm drawing play blanks on their names, and they were stud guards in college. They've had ups and downs in the NBA, but uh, and they were, they were both local kids too. So he kind of got he kind of fell back, you know, into maybe. But he kept even after they left, he was still successful. One, I also wonder. I mean, subconsciously, you I know you hate Bob Knight. Like he's a Bob Knight disciple. Like does that does that kind of maybe weigh on you a little bit when you when you talk about whether you'd want Chris Beard here or not? I mean, I don't. Again, personality. At this point, I don't care. I want somebody who's going to win. <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah, I, he's not like my, my ideal coach as far as like, I hey, that, I, yeah. I like this guy. I want to hang out with him. I mean, we've got a guy like I like Kenny Payne. I would, would love to hang out with Kenny Payne. I don't want him here anymore because he can't <laughs> win at a, a high enough level. So yeah, I mean, I, that that would not necessarily just like you know there are some people who are just like it's so bad that I wouldn't want them here regardless of how good they are. <clears throat> Bruce Pearl, but there are other people that I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I may not want to grab a beer with the guy, but I'm, I'm fine with him coaching my favorite team. Texas, does Kenny keep his job if he wins? I think he does. Texas, the poster that posted that rumor with the dotted eyes has an absolute bleep rack track record of getting things right. I mean, yeah. You can track people's like posts on there and stuff, I guess. I mean, there are a lot of people that will be like, I'd, you know, like, hey, like, they, they, it's usually the people who are talking the loudest about what they've heard, and it's easy to remember when they've been really wrong about stuff there's so. nothing that's been on the internet longer than i know still less about and that's uh, than message boards yeah I mean, all you need to know is it's it, you know, every now and then there's the, the the news breaks there it's just it's more times than not it's a million rumors that wind up having very little truth <laughs> texas i was introduced to random uk players going off against louisville by my sister's boyfriend when i was 10 and luca lucas orbsuit had the game of his uk career against us i remember that game Texas Trevor said John Wall. You absolutely said John Wall. I, that's, I'm just like three or four people texting that. I, I want audio proof. I know I didn't. I met John Wallace. I know what you meant. John Wall's not even big. Texas, so Trevor is looking for a 6'10 guy who can swing and go deep. Okay. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt that Trace Jackson Davis' dad, Dale Davis, is one of my favorite Pacers, too. Yeah. That, that probably has a little bit to do with it. Texas, of the, of the old Chrome players, are there any with any credibility left? Griffin Jr. Bridgman supported Kenny, but haven't made complete asses of, of themselves. I mean, Griffin Jr., I think, have credibility, don't Gr- they? Th- yeah, for sure. I mean, Gr- you know, Griff made the comment about, like, when 
Kenny was hired, you know, no more 6,000 people at games and all this stuff. But I'll say this, all the players who were pissed off when Patino was hired and they didn't have the type of access that they wanted, you know, a lot of them, you know, Purvis Ellison stayed away, some people made comments. Griff was still at every game. Like, like yeah. Griff was, yeah, he said, like, I, I sat right by him at the National Championship game. Like, he's there, he's going crazy, he's celebrating. Like, it never, even if he was upset about certain things, it never kept him away from the program. And, and I respect that. And I think Junior's been kind of the same way where you know, he very clearly – he very rarely puts his support behind people in, in, in situations like this. He put his support behind Kenny Payne. But I think think that he'll still be around even if Kenny gets let go at some point. Like I think that he's that type of guy. Now you don't lose we'll credibility for having optimism at the beginning of a guy's career. No, not at all. I mean, I mean we all wanted uh, to get to work yeah, out. Yeah, you said they had optimism where Jerry Eves is just like doubling down over and over now. Uh, we got to go to break. Uh, five o'clock hours up next. We'll talk a little football. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450, 96-1, Clock hour here, Mike Rutherford Show, Wednesday edition, fourteen fifty ninety six one. The Big X. Lots going on right now. We got uh, twenty four hours, twenty five hours from tip off between Louisville, Kentucky, and men's basketball. We've got five days away from Christmas, holiday weekend coming up. We've got one week to go until the Holiday Bowl. We've got National Signing Day. We've got just it's it's all happening right now, Trevor. We're starting to reflect on twenty twenty three. I know you said it was the best year of your life because you got to do the show with me. You've said that many times. Um, well, it almost beat out. It barely beat out twenty twenty two. That's right. <laughs> the two best years of your life. I did say going in that this third is, place is the half a year I did with the, the four months of 2021. I did say going into this year uh, at the very beginning in January that this was going to be the year that you found love. Uh, has not happened yet. We've got 11 days left. Not I, necessarily. I, I just I, I may have found love. They just didn't always precipitate. You fell. <laughs> what was that word? Precipitate? No, not precipitate. That happened. Recipitate. One more time. Recipitate. It's not the word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's when you want you want them and they don't want you back. But if you're looking for reciprocate. Yeah, that's what I said. You got it. Reciprocate. You're good. You, 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 you nailed it. we got 11 days left. If I had, it would have been reciprocating. Maybe it it's the been, year. It been mutual. This is the Hallmark movie part where you're like, I did find love. I learned to love myself. Well, the recent Hallmark movie commercial I've been seeing when I watch all the family reruns is the uh, <laughs> is the one about the guy who throws her out of the hotel, but she comes back and he falls in love with her anyway while she's crashing at the hotel. Something says love like a squatter. Isn't that every? I've I've watched like one of those. I watched the one with Lindsay Lohan last year, and that's it's the exact well, this same. This one movie. isn't Lindsay Lohan. This is like Mark Lohan and somebody else. Like you know the people you've never heard of. Every one of those movies is the same. Where like. Their their fiance or their boyfriend is like, 
you know, I, I can't drop everything to spend the weekend away with you to go back to your hometown because I'm working on like a $15 million yeah. deal that's going to set us up for so life. So you've seen this too. And then you go home, she goes to her hometown, there's this guy who's like, I'm here, I live here, I'm kind of normal, I'm running the hotel, Yeah, let's bang. And then they fall in love, and that's I, it's the greatest love story you, you ever saw told. The, you saw the, the commercial too then? I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it, it's odd. Do you ever watch the Hallmark? Does Mary make you watch those Hallmark? No, like I said, I watched the one last year that was on. Like it wasn't even Hallmark; it was like Netflix because Lindsay Lohan was in it. And it's apparently it's like that's how they all are, and it's it's bad. And you're a Love Actually fan, right? I do like I enjoy Love Actually. I've, I've never seen it. I think I told you this. Our buddy said I'll call I'll call uh, Keith here so I tell this little quick story. Like he loves that movie. Like the first time he told me this, I've known the man over twenty years. I'm like, really, Love it's Actually? It's a good movie. And, but the best part was was I don't know why in his defense he just he completely you think I word things wrong he goes I can't help it I just love that little boy like, <laughs> like, like what movies what is his love action what it's like I'm never watching this movie dude he ended up being on Game of Thrones that's what he says that's yeah. another but yeah he takes the yeah the sister yeah the look on his face though when he's in, everyone knows the scene that I'm talking about if you've seen the movie where he's drumming. And the girl that he has the crush on. That's the scene he talks about. He's like, he's like, all of for Christmas. And she points at him and says, is you. And then she starts pointing to everybody. It's like, and you, and you. The look on his face is the most terrifying look I've ever seen on the face of a child. He looks like he's ready to murder the entire building. I just don't think I want to. And I don't like Hugh Grant, really. I tried to give him a shot at Notting Hill, and it didn't do it for me. But I've never been a Hugh Grant guy. Except in Sirens. He's really good. Well, at least I think he's good in Sirens. I don't know. Once Ellie McPherson takes her clothes off, I kind of quit paying attention to what he's doing. You don't like the fact that he's got this uh, 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 adorable stutter, stutter in every movie that he does. You don't like that. Divine, how much does it cost for you tonight? That's a day. You've got, we're going to bring Keith Wynn on the show here. I give Keith a call. You chatter on. It is National Signing Day, which is, it's changed a lot. It already changed a lot before the last couple of years, but with the emphasis and the, I guess, the advent of the transfer portal. It now has seemed to become even less important, especially for programs like Louisville that have gone all in on the transfer portal. It, like National Signing Day has become this day where you learn about the guys that maybe are going to play for you in a couple of years. Maybe there's one or two guys in every class that could see the field uh, as true freshmen. But more times than not, I think with with Louisville going so heavy on the transfer portal and looking to sign like 25 guys out of the portal uh, for the foreseeable future, you're looking at these players and you're saying. Maybe we're going to see some of these guys on the field in two or three years. A lot of them are probably going to wind up going to other programs, hitting the portal themselves. But it's a class that it's 14 players deep. They got 14 signed letters of intent today. It ranks 33rd in the country uh, according to the 24-7 sports rankings. It has one four-star prospect in Joseph Stone, uh, JoJo Stone, who had previously been committed to LSU, the wide receiver. It's got a couple of other guys that are four-stars on other sites, including Dylan Messman, the tight end from uh, from Michigan, who turned down MSU and, and Michigan to to sign with the cards. Duke Watson, the running back uh, out of Georgia, who's a big-time prospect. Deuce Adams, the quarterback that none of the staff really loves. So you got some big names out of big-time positions. Sean Boykins, also the wide receiver from North Harden, who at the time of his commitment was the highest-rated prospect in the state of Kentucky. Funny how that changes after he commits to Louisville, and now I think he's like the third or fourth highest-rated prospect in the state of Kentucky. But he is locked in. I think he's due, he did a ceremony at 1 o'clock. He signed uh, for UofL. So UofL, no real 
signing day specials. No, no shocks like we used to have back in the day, but that's kind of it's become the norm now. They don't even get a song like the transfer portal does. They don't. It's the it's the signing day fax machine. The fax song. machine receive. But I, I think Jeff Brom sounded very happy about his class during his press conference today. We'll talk with a guy who knows all these players. He's been writing about them on CardChronicle.com all day today. It's Keith Wynn who joins us on the phone lines. Keith, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? We're doing well. I mean, a lot of Louisville, Kentucky basketball talk. We're thankful for a reprieve here to talk a little football because it's the more positive sport at the moment. Uh, we were talking, I mean, it, it's crazy how much this day has changed since like just 10 years ago where this was, everybody was putting everything to, everything into this. You have signing day parties everywhere. We knew all about these kids. There were all these flips, all this drama. And now with the transfer portal, it, it just, there's just sort of, there's less buzz about National Signing Day. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know completely changed. It used to be in you know all day. You know it, it would start in the morning. You'd have you know full day coverage and you know signings all throughout the day and 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 you know people putting these elaborate you know uh, announcements out. And now you know even the highest rated players in the country, uh, the guys that everybody wants, they're they're committing earlier. You know they're they're having to kind of save their spot in the class uh, because coaches are prioritizing the transfer portal to the point where you're just not taking as many high school guys. You're down to you know 20 or less for most classes. Uh, sometimes, like we've seen in Louisville, down to 15, 14. Uh, so you know it's just you know the the hype run is not what it used to be. Uh, but also, I think you know the change in the date changes that a little bit as well. You got the early signing period and the late. So you know it's not as much fun. I wish there was. You know, for a while, there was like I wish they would go back, but now with the portal, it, it still probably wouldn't be nearly as exciting because guys are just you know locking in their spot much earlier than they used to. Before we get into the the traditional prospects that signed today with U of L, there was one more player from the transfer portal that committed to Louisville today. Uh, Tayon Holloway from North Carolina, yet another secondary player from UNC who comes to Louisville. Um, what, what can you tell me about him? He seems like a guy who potentially could step on the field right away and. and maybe earn himself a starting spot like we saw with some of the transfer portal guys last year in the secondary. Yeah, I think it's always important when you get portal guys, do they play, you know, were they on the field? And, you know, I know he played, you know, uh, 10 games for North Carolina, uh, put up some tackles, a couple of tackles for loss. Uh, you can work with guys who've played at the, at the ACC level, right? I think that's a huge factor of, you know, forget the high school rankings and ratings, you know, were they able to get on the field and were they, be, you know, can they contribute for their team? Uh, I think that's important, and I think they've got to revamp that that position depending on what happens with the guys like uh, you know Quincy Riley and Jarvis Brownlee, who technically haven't declared yet. Both walked on senior day, but both could be coming back. Both could go. It, it still remains to be seen. If that's the case, you know you're going to have to bring in guys that have, that can get on the field, contribute, um, allow you to play the defenses you want to play, which we've seen. You know, the last two years at Louisville, obviously two years ago or last year with Brian Brown's defense being more aggressive. This year, when they lost Jarvis Brownlee for a couple of weeks, it was obvious that the defense could not do the things they, they were doing in previous weeks without him on the field. So being able to go out and get guys, you're going to be able to grab, you know, uh, grow your depth. You've got some young guys on the roster right now. It's just you, you're going to want to see on the field as well. Uh, and maybe you can round out to making sure your secondary, secondary doesn't get hit too hard by the losses that you're taking. So, I said at the start, National Signing Day today, no real surprises. Louisville goes ahead and signs 14 players. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming that. I, I, am I correct that there was nothing, you know, no guy that maybe was going to flip to somewhere else, nobody who flipped to us? Was this about what we expected to see? 
Yeah, the the only thing that I was kind of just kind of questioning coming into it today was Isaac Brown, just because he doesn't have a huge social media presence. Um, but I, I think other than uh, Instagram story where he was counting down the time, he hasn't really posted anything about Louisville in, in months. Um, but, you know, that was kind of just a – I didn't think it was a flip as much as, a, you know, it was a good design kind of thing. Uh, other than that, it was pretty boring, yeah. You know, everybody kind of knew it was coming. They got the late edition of, uh, of uh, Marcus Davis. And uh, that's about it. You know, it was really kind of uh, kind of mundane, which which is fine. You know, uh, scrambling to do posts and stuff like that in the middle of my work day is kind of hard. So <laughs> didn't really find a fact that it was kind of uh, laid back and, uh, you know, just got to fire all the tweets and whatnot. And, uh, no muss, no fuss, I guess. It's, it's kind of become a situation where transfer portal classes – those are the guys that you're looking at and you're like, okay, we're penciling some of these guys in as starters for next year. Like We're going to see these guys on the field for one season, but we're going to see them right away. And, and now with National Signing Day, it's like we may see some of these guys two or three years in the future. A lot of them are probably going to transfer. Are there exceptions in this year's class? Are there any guys that you look at? I mean, JoJo Stone's the biggest name in the class, but are there guys you look at and you say, I, I think A, B, and C could see the field as a true freshman coming up next fall? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one thing is with these guys, and you see it every year, is just where they physically can, can do it. And I think, you know, you got to look at the five guys that are come in early. Uh, they'll have a better opportunity to kind of building their body and whatnot. And, and the first guy really is Isaac Brown. I mean, I think you, you have a hard time keeping a guy that electric in the open field uh, off the field. Um, he can do different things for you. He can be a special teams guy as a, as a returner. He can obviously be a change of pace back, a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield. So with the fact that they're losing guys there as well, he probably has a better chance just in general, but also he's just, you know, to me, the most, um, you know, impactful player that they got. Um, Dylan Mesman is a guy that, you know, I know they're revamping the tight end room with the transfer portal, but that guy's a really good player. You know, he's got all the tools that you want to see. He's got, you know, the ability to run after the catch, which is going to be important, but he's also got great size. Um, and the other guy that I think on the defense side of the ball, the guy that impressed me the most is Raymond Mosby, cornerback out of Georgia. Uh, had a lot of offers early on in high school. And then, you know, I watched his film. I thought he continued to get better. Uh, I think he's aggressive, which is really important when you get into the college game is can you be physical, can you tackle. Uh, and I think he's a guy that really stood out to me uh, on the defense side of the ball. But, yeah, I don't know if there's really, you know, this class isn't the type of class. And I just don't think they're, just like you said, the change in the game of the portal, it's really hard for true freshmen to get on the field anymore. But those are the guys I think were, were the most impressive to me and maybe the most physically gifted that can get out there early. We're talking a little National Signing Day with Keith Wynn here of Car Chronicle. I mentioned the only consensus four-star guy in this class is JoJo Stone, a wide receiver who had been previously committed to LSU. So you, you, mean you know he's got the goods. But it's a weird situation where he hasn't played a ton of high school football the last couple of years. Had an injury as a junior that limited him to, I think, seven games. Only played in two high school games this past season. What do we make of this? I mean, he's, he's a lot of offers, big-time accolades, but we haven't seen him ton of, play a ton of high school football. What have you seen out of his, his tape? Yeah, that, he's, he's a tough guy to evaluate just from, from what you said. He hasn't played a lot. Um, another guy that got a lot of offers early on and his recruitment kind of tailed off a little bit over the last two years. And, you know, but I, I think some of that's just the fact that no one really knows how good he is because uh, he hasn't been able to play. The, the thing about it to me is that the only question to me is, has he peaked? You know, and if he had, I think he's still a good, good college football player. Um, but is there, there's that potential. Is, is he going to get better? Can he, can he develop? 
but it's just hard to know because not only has he been injured, but you never know how those injuries have kind of, you know, affected his game. Uh, but that, that kid can play. You get him in the open space, he can make people miss. He's got great speed. He's got versatility, played quarterback, played some running back, played wide receiver. So you know he's got, you know, the ability to do things when you get on the ball and, and make plays for you. Uh, but there's just such an unknown with him. Uh, it, and it's, it's unique because, you know, to your point, everyone wanted this guy a couple of years ago. It seemed like it tailed off. But, you know, you watch his film for the last two years. When he's on the field, he still looks like a great player. Um, but it's just such a lack of, 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 of time out there that there's just a huge unknown there. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And, and when we get, get to see him, whether it be in practice or the spring game and things like that, to see what he looks like at this level around other players of this caliber. The other wide receiver in the class, there's been such an importance from the fan base place, and this is every fan base. You, you want to keep the best players in the area home, and the fan base upset with Scott Satterfield's inability to do that. They've, they've wanted Jeff Brom to make more of an effort here locally. He goes out there and pretty quickly lands, at the time, the top-rated player in the state of Kentucky in Sean Boykins, the North Harden wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver is going to be a crowded room next year. They're bringing in some transfers. They're going to have some guys come back. Uh, is Boykins a guy that we're probably going to have to wait to see in a couple of years? What have you seen from him? You know, I would say, you know, probably not going to be a guy that you, you know, that you would expect at least to, to break through that deep wide receiver room. Uh, but, man, he dominated his competition level in high school. I mean, his, his film was kind of comical when you watch it. He's just running away from everybody and just shrugging off, shrugging off defenders. Uh, but I think he's, he's another guy that has that physicality. Um, you know, I would compare him somewhat to a guy like Chris Bell. Wasn't super, you know, one of the high four-star or anything like that. Wasn't recruited all over the place. But you watch his film and it's like, yeah, this guy's a physical, like, specimen kind of guy that's going to grow as he gets into college. He plays physically, um, which is just such a underrated aspect of whether or not guys can transition from high school to college is are they physical in high school if they're not physical in high school they're probably not going to be physical when they get punched in the mouth in college right so that was the most impressive thing to me he has a great size 6'1 190 looks bigger has a bigger frame and then when it's time to go up for a contested football he he, he shows that com- com- competitive streak and that and that physicality there where he wants to win every you know, jump ball, and he has the physical tools to go up and get it. So I think he's a guy that's going to develop as long as he sticks it out here. Um, you know, it's, I don't know if we see him break through with some of the guys they have coming back as well as, you know, they're still looking in the portal and they've added guys from the portal. It's going to be tough to break through, but I think he should be fighting for those depth positions, the second and third spot, as a true freshman. There are two running backs in this class. You know, Louisville's bringing back Maurice Turner. They've got Keywan Brown. They might bring back Isaac Garendo, but you've got uh, two running backs in this class. They're both pretty highly touted. You mentioned uh, Isaac Brown. Duke Watson, the other one who signed today out of Georgia, he's higher rated than Brown on some sites. Uh, his stats coming out of high school were, were pretty fantastic. Uh, I mean, how good is Duke Watson? I like Watson a lot. Um, you know, really great long speed. You know, you get him in the open field, he's going to take off and outrun people. Uh, and we've seen, obviously, in, in, in Jeff Brom's offense, um, you know, this past year, if you give these guys space or, or they're going to get space, you know, they're, they're going to have to just, you know, turn on the Jets and outrun people, and I think he can do that. Um, I thought his vision was really good. That's something that you, you want to look for in high school kids, especially, you know, like I said, that transition to the next level is, you know, some guys are just better than everyone. They can run away from everybody because, you know, they're just out-athleting people. Um, but Watson was really good at seeing things. You can you can tell he knows how to pick his holes. 
You know, you can tell that he knows how to set up blockers as well. Uh, all those are things that help you help you get to the next level. Um, I thought the only the the only thing he's kind of an upright runner, and, and sometimes that makes it hard to transition where you can make people miss and and things like that. But I think that'll be something that's just coaching and and understanding how to stay low and pad level and all those things like that. Um, but man, he he's a guy that I think has all the things you want to see um, coming out of high school when it comes to the athletic aspect. Um, it's all about whether or not he can pick up the scheme and things like that. And we saw that in Keewan Brown last year, another guy that was really good in high school, put up good numbers. You know, you looked apart, and then he got here, and he had that really great game uh, against Murray State where you kind of just saw all – he, he kind of put it all together. Uh, I'm really excited to see if Watson can have that same kind of, like, instant, like, obviousness that this guy, you know, gets and he's going to be a good player. Uh, but I really like the two-headed monster they got there. Kind of two different styles, but two guys that should grow uh, and be able to get on the field pretty quickly. Is there a guy in this class that maybe doesn't get a lot of buzz, little fans aren't all that excited about that you look at on film and say, I, I think this kid's going to be way better than maybe his rating would indicate? You know, other than other than Mosby, I'd say Jason Hatch, uh, you know, safety, uh, who also just dominated, you know, everywhere down in Mississippi. Um, you know, I watched his film, and he's, he's got better size than I thought. Um, really good frame. You know, six two one ninety, but he looks like he can maybe grow into that kind of that hybrid role that Ben Perry and Antonio Watts really did well with this year, uh, or just be a big safety like Cam Kelly. But I, I think he was the guy that the numbers he put up, you can't ignore. I think it was like thirty five touchdowns. He scored every possible way on the field. You know, running, catching, throwing, punt return, kick return, and a pick six or something like that. Uh, you know, both sides of the field did really well. But you see him any open field running and you can see that he's got enough speed. Um, he's the size really is the thing that really sticks out, but he plays well at any position on the field. His biggest thing is just going to be the, the lateral quickness stuff, the, the, the quickness, the speed stuff that you just develop once you get to a college weight program. But I think for him, he was a pretty lowly rated guy or kind of middle of the pack. The numbers he put up alone should have been enough to kind of bump that rating or get more notice. Um, but I think he's a guy that really kind of jumped out at me as a potential, you know, get him on, get him in here, get him in the weight room, get him developed, and I think he'll be a contributor uh, down the road. And, and I compared him to Antonio Watts. I mean, that was a guy that a week or two before he, you know, committed and signed to Louisville on signing day, he was sending his tape on Twitter to coaches trying to get noticed. And now we saw how good of a player he was this year. Those types of guys, you know, you kind of look for can there – can they be physical? I know I kind of say that a lot, but do they have the size, things like that? And that's what you see in Jason Hatch is a guy that definitely has the measurables. And, you know, like I said, the, the, the numbers don't lie. This guy dominated in, in Mississippi. I think he can be a guy that, you know, we, we look at a year or two from now and say, man, I, I didn't really notice him on signing day, uh, but I'm glad they got him. Last question. We got to talk about the quarterback in the class. Everyone wants to know if you've got a signal caller. Can, can this guy be the dude? Uh, I know the staff really likes Deuce Adams, who, who comes out of Austin, Texas. Three-star prospect. He's number 34 in the class at that position, according to the 24-7 sports ratings. Uh, what, what do you see from Deuce Adams on film? Man, Deuce Adams is a, is a fun guy to watch on film. Uh, he's a baseball player, uh, plays shortstop as well, and you can just see that he looks like he's playing shortstop out there. And I compared him you know, not as, you know, a true comparison, uh, but to Pat Mahomes in the way that he just kind of slings the ball around, uh, just kind of flies out of his hand. He throws the ball sidearm, changes arm angles. 
he just does a lot of stuff out there that you see kind of Mahomes kind of winging out there. Uh, that baseball background, like, jumps out. Um, he, the thing that really kind of stood out when I watched the senior film is his arm strength is better than I, I noticed uh, when he committed. Uh, he can put the ball down the field with really good accuracy. And, you know, he's not a huge guy. He's about 6'1", 170 right now. That's going to be the, you know, the big thing, obviously. Can he grow? Can he put muscle on? Can he put mass on? Uh, but I don't think it's going to – it's not going to be needed from a standpoint of can he throw the ball down the field? Could he put RPMs on the on the out routes and things like that? He's shown he can do that. You know, I think that's that's where that, you know, baseball background helps him. Uh, I think the other thing that's really fun about him is he knows how to extend plays. He can run a little bit, but he's kind of like Pierce Clarkson in a way that he just knows how to move around the pocket, give himself more time and room to, to operate. And I think that's going to help him get on the field and, and succeed uh, I just don't know with what they're doing with the portal and when you have guys like Pierce in front of them, Brady Allen in front of them, you know, how long does it take him to, to push through that crowd? Uh, we'll have to wait to see. But I definitely think he has all of the things you want to see to be a high-level college quarterback. Uh, it's just all about can he develop his body and all those things like that. You heard it right here. Fire up the message boards. Keith Wynn says Deuce Adams is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the comparison has been made. It's done. If he's anything less than Mahomes now, his Cardinal career will be a disappointment. Thanks for setting that bar, Keith. You did well. That was great. I'm sure he appreciates that. Uh, he is Keith Wynn. He's covered National Signing Day all day long at Card Chronicle. If you want to read his write-ups on every single prospect who signed today, go to cardchronicle.com. Keith, you're the best. Take a breather. Appreciate your hard work, as always, on this big day. All right, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's Keith Wynn breaking down the class of 2024. 14 signed players, uh, number 33 class in the country according to 24-7 Sports. We will uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. If you've got thoughts on football, let them be known. If you've got leftover thoughts on basketball, we'll take those as well. We'll read some text, and then we'll look ahead to the night that will be in the world of sports. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Do we have any, is there anything big on the, the docket for tonight? I know we don't have you – know, no coaches shows. I don't think we have any – no Western games, no no Bellman games. What, what do we have going on? Uh, nothing really. We did have a high school game at one point, and I texted Dennison on Friday, I think it was, or Saturday, to like confirm it. He's like, who was it? I was like, you sent me the schedule, but okay. I was like, <laughs> it's – uh, it was uh, – I, I won't say the name. So that would be nice to the school. Okay. Uh, it was so-and-so at so-and-so. And he was like, oh, he's like, so-and-so, the home team's like a two-hour drive. He's like, it's going to be a blowout. We're not doing it. He's like, cut it. I'm like, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it is a two-hour drive, I can confirm. So you can maybe do your math if you want there, figure it out. But, uh, yeah, so nothing going on. I guess 
All eyes on AEW tonight. I All eyes on AEW. I will say real quickly. There's no, there's no sports where there's no uh, bowl game tonight, is there? No bowl game tonight, which is stupid. I don't know why you wouldn't have a bowl game on this I week at, at night. I mean, the, the, you know, people want to watch football. People want to watch. There's no NFL game tonight. There's no anything going on. Put is, a bowl game out there. Is there a new thirty for thirty? I don't know about that. But real quick, programming note: if you missed it earlier, we are on the air tomorrow. 3 to 4.30, but it will be on 9.70 WGTK. So if you tune into the Big X, you're going to hear Bellerman women's basketball. If you want to hear us doing the pre-pre-game show for the, uh, the the coverage of UofL versus Kentucky, we will be on 9.70. Normal start time at 3 o'clock, then we'll be off the air at 4.30. So don't freak out. Just remember, oh yeah, they're on 9.70. I'm losing my mind. I want to hear Mike and Trevor talk about the big game. Okay. Don't do what They're you think we're going to do. Don't freak Don't out. Just lose it. Don't just drive off the road. Don't ruin the holidays for the family. Still just remember, fish. hey, they're on 970. It's okay. I get 90 minutes with my favorite guys, and it's going to be fine. Do I need to, like, um, don't you give, like, 10% of myself oh boy. on 970 since, you know, it's a different kind of base, listening base. We might have people that, like, aren't used to listening to us. I mean, we've been on there before, and I don't think it's really stopped you. We've gotten in, I mean, I was hey, the one who got in trouble I was like two say, times ago. The best part is, is you're the one that got I don't even remember what it was, but it was, it was yeah. Uh, it was your uh, your story at the orphanage. Oh, yeah, chafing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Crotch rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was <laughs> – forgot we were on that station. It's, it's, my, it's my fault. Hand up. <laughs> No, 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 I'm blue aware. <laughs> we got about uh, 25 minutes left. If you want to have your thoughts heard on today's show, hit us up on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. There is a, I mean, we'll, we'll take some text and then we'll look ahead to, there are a couple of interesting sporting events going on tonight. NBA game or something? I mean, you've got NBA, you got NHL, you've got uh, some college hoops tonight that is, okay. you've got Big East basketball, you've got Baylor-Duke, we've got Oklahoma versus North Carolina, There's Alabama-Arizona, as mentioned, is yeah. at 11 o'clock on ESPN. There's some good games out there, so we'll, okay. we'll preview those briefly and make pick some some losers and it's weekday so just you know whatever trevor says just do the opposite and you should be good to go <laughs> texture says <laughs> everything else i tell you in life just do the opposite texture says french kimba clinton Lewinsky, clyde cunningham wayne newton rancho wheeler these are players kenny payne inherited he should get an award for winning four games last year signed jerry eaves p.s matt ruther uh, ruthel ford and t-bone kinsley have accomplished nothing in life i did so uh, I think that's the, the rant that he went on last year where he mispronounced every player that uh, Chris Mack had gotten in the portal. He was like, Cor- Corle- Corlita James, and talking about Carly Jones, and you know Christian Cunningham, and I'm brain farting on that one. Quentin Slowinsky. Like, like, he just had this whole clip where he was like just raging about how Chris Mack was doing things the wrong way and Kenny Payne was doing things the right way. Oh, you're talking about Eves. Yeah, Jerry Eves. Oh, okay. I was thinking Kenny Payne did this, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember that. He did apparently make some sort of veiled umbrella reference Uh, to all these young sports radio show hosts that have been critical of Kenny Payne who have accomplished nothing in their own lives, which, look, I mean, you know, doesn't mean we can't have opinions. No. <laughs> we, we haven't accomplished no, anything. Jerry, that we've also, you and me and Mike accomplished probably more in radio than you have. I was a Roger Berkman (laughs) camp knockout champion. I came in second in the in the toilet bowl the losers bracket of the one on one at Denny Crumb's camp in ninety four. Don't say we never accomplished anything. Yeah, I came in. I came in. I came. I got to the finals of the loser bowl bracket. I don't know if you heard the Trevor ACT episode, but yeah, hello. <laughs> I mean, come on, one four baby. I got a fourteen on the ACT. One four at the age of forty three, <laughs> without a calculator almost. 
Had his name on it. Had my name on it. <laughs> you ever calculated your name on it, Jerry? No. He's got that. I'm so glad my grandma, if my grandmother heard me talking bad about Jerry, she'd come in here and smack the crap out of me. My mom she went to school loved with Jerry. his sister. I think he was a little bit older than her when she was at Ballard. but yeah, she, she was, was his fourth grade teacher at Norton, and she loved Jerry. It's all, I mean, that was her favorite player. When I, I went was, to Norton. Yeah. Maybe you didn't have my grandmother. She's already tired. Texas, I got, I got I go into the store for 30 minutes, and the first thing I hear when I come back is something about Trevor punching a sea lion. <laughs> well, you know, he shouldn't have given me that look. Maybe don't leave the radio. I'll punch a sea lion. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not beneath it. If it's, if it's between me and that sea lion, he's getting Mike Tyson. You're gonna yeah, a sea lion would kill you. I'd go down without a fight. I'd go down. I'm not going to the hospital alone. I'm taking him to the vet. The things that you think you could do against animals. <laughs> first of all, you got a crazy superiority okay. complex when it comes to your species. First, <laughs> first of all. I know I can still outrun an alligator or a crocodile. You could not. I know I can beat up, especially if you're giving me a bat. I can beat up a sea lion. I think one text I accidentally clicked on it, so maybe you missed it. It was like talking about sea lions get like fight like great white sharks. You're just great white something, Trevor. And I'm like, <laughs> the text are a little bit. Can I ask you something? I'm looking, I just googled sea lion. I could beat up a sea lion. Sea lions are like 600 to 1,000 pounds. You could not beat up a sea lion. Can I ask you something seriously, though? You always talk about outrunning these animals. When's the last time you ran? When's the last time I had to see an alligator? This is a race. You're not running for your life. First of all, you wouldn't win. Well, I think if an alligator, if I'm, if I, if I have an, me and an alligator are in a race, something tells me my life can't be on the line. How can you properly judge have your you speed? Have you not seen Lake Placid? I have. It's a great movie. Yeah, awesome movie. I agree, yeah. I don't I, think I could outrun that alligator. I think you're thinking about like 14-year-old Trevor running. <laughs> it's been 30 years. First of all, don't remind me of that. Second, that's, I mean, it's not as much a run as it is more of kind of a a, a, a penguin waddle. Kinda. You can't out-waddle an alligator. I can, out, I can out-waddle a penguin? Yeah, probably. Can Maybe. I, can I don't I, know. Can I beat up a penguin? I don't think you can move faster than a penguin. I think I can beat that. See, now you're getting mean. Like, first of all, I still think I can whoop a sea lion. Second, can we get a zoo person on the phone? To, can we confirm this? Penguins can run up to 5.6 miles per hour. You're not outrunning a penguin. Well, how did they know that? And they're on ice. That doesn't count. What about cement? You're not. I don't care. That's like sliding. Any form of land. Most of that is The penguin sl- wins. Most of that is sliding. But, and with the sea lion, you just proved my point. This is one animal I have like the the lateral speed on. Like no. he's like a thousand pounds. That's way more than me. I can I have more movement on. I don't this, think you can move laterally. <laughs> I know. I, I, what if I'm in a chair? <laughs> you can't out rascal a sea lion. I can take on a sea. You get you give me my a good old my, my little slugger with Trevor Kelsey on it. I'll take on a sea lion. You'll lose. Texas, I don't think we can promote this at the zoo, though. Texas, Trevor, my youngest brother, is in vet school next year. He said mm. a sea lion has the bite force of four German shepherds, so you would have no shot on land, let alone in the water. You act as if I'm going to let him bite me. And, I, and German shepherds love me, first of all, so that that's okay. I've been attacked by a German shepherd before. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> they hate my dog. They hate Penny. Do they really? Two different German shepherds have attacked her, and the, the, the second time I'd, like, wrestle it down. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, like, bloodied my knee. This guy comes running around the corner. He's like, are you okay? I was like, keep your bleeping dog on your bleeping leash. Most people think my girls are she- German Shepherds because they, they they do resemble it. In the, uh, yeah, but your dogs are sweet. Elk hounds, yeah. Uh, but not. 
Okay, get your younger brother, vet school guy, on, on the phone and get him get him over here because he's going to need to get, bring a sea lion back to life after I whoop it. Texas Trevor, just be thankful you're not the guy producing Jerry Eve's radio show. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were? Oh, good lord! Like, I don't, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to work but, with me. But he like, he wouldn't. So he wouldn't like talk to you. He, he would just. You know, he's doing monologue radio. But True. you would have to sit back there and not be able to interject while you heard all these. I think you would die. I, I would. I think it would kill you. The commercial breaks would be like A plus television. Like I would pro I'd be holding everything back. Like he has a four minute break. I'd be in there like the micro machine guy. Just like for four minutes, just getting it all off my chest. You'd have minute. to do like scream therapy or something. I promise to let it all out. I would give him my piece of my mind during the breaks. I mean, I would do that during television shows when, when Greg would say things that drove me insane. He'd fire you after like two days. Uh, he'd no way he'd keep me. He would he would I, he would know. He would hate me. Texas Jerry Eves and these other former Cardinal players are bitter, petty, spiteful old men who are perfectly content with watching everything that Denny Crum built burn to the ground so long as one of their own is in charge. If they want to jump ship permanently when KP is rightfully canned, then good riddance. Same guy called me a traitor yesterday. <laughs> he did. Cesar <laughs> posted the uh, the NCAA's garbage by Big Z. I mean, I think it is. I mean, let, let the kid play. I've I got, say. At this point, I'm like, let him play too. I don't care. Anymore. I know it's UK. I don't care. It's whatever. Like, yeah. The NCAA sucks. Texas says. I remind me, Merle has three uh, Oscars. I can. I think I can name them too. Texas. I don't think that saying Jerry Eves is just defending his friend is a fair defense because the only way he knows how to defend Kenny Payne is by insulting others and putting former players down. He's just an a hole, uh, and says a sixty-four team playoff maybe could work. It's in D three. It's a thirty-two team playoff. I said the same thing. He's just defending his friend. It just makes him look stupid. Well, he's but... saying that that defense doesn't work because oh. like you don't need you can defend him without putting everybody else down. True, calling, calling people like us, you know, dumbasses that have never accomplished that, anything in life. I agree. It's unnecessary. It's also his arguments just they, they don't carry any water whatsoever. But you, I mean, I I agree. But I'm just saying. But that's that's the only thing I heard when when I heard his his reasoning is he's just blindly defending his friend, and I do mean blindly, like blind blind i mean it's fine but like you lost you know it's, it's a radio show like i've had to say bad things about people that i i respect and like multiple times it's not fun but like you have to do it or else you just you lose all credibility if i'm just if you know that i'm I don't going feel like i'm the prime example of this <laughs> what do you mean like he's, yeah you have to do it four times a day for me well no i mean <laughs> I, i'm talking about people who are like doing things and <laughs> people that we're talking about as far as like they're figures within the, the sports program that we have to discuss. Like, there have been times where I've not agreed with people that I like, and I've yeah. had to kind of say it, and people, sometimes people at UofL have gotten mad at me, but that's, it's the gig. And if you don't do that, then nobody's going to take you seriously. And I, I think you, you just, like, it's, you kind of have, a, you know, people can, if you have a radio show, you can do whatever you want, but I think it's just disingenuous to paint yourself as one thing and then say things that directly, Go against that, like you know, he said. Sure, I'm pretty sure Eves is a paid program too, though. Is he? I don't, I don't know. He, but he said all last year. Apparently, like whatever happens next year, like I'm going to hold Kenny accountable if it's this bad. It's not going to be that bad, but if it is, like I, I will call him out, and I don't know if. That's well, and his defense—that's what he's trying to say. He's, he's defending that this season has been a success of a rebuild year. That's why. That's why I was confused on how he could brag about winning five games. That's what baffled me as much as anything. <sighs> Texas says, Mike Rice, got to make him say no to anger. <laughs> Is Mike Rice coaching anywhere? I don't think he's anywhere right now. He's the guy that was beating people up with the balls at Rutgers, right? Yeah, kick, yeah, he's, he's just chucking balls at people's heads. <laughs> you can dodge a ball, you can win at Rutgers. Kind of what he thought. 
apparently the last coaching job he had ended in 2017 when he was the coach at the Patrick School, which is a high school in New Jersey. He was okay at Rutgers. He, you know, other he, he was fine. Just, uh, you know, can't, 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 can't abuse players. It's frowned upon. <laughs> Texas, when Kenny Payne gets fired, can we get the audio news? Uh, can we get the audio news another one like Dino? <laughs> what if we had that happen? Like, he goes off like Dino does. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how this is gonna go. I'm question: Is it gonna be in the same monotone uh, voice, or is he actually gonna raise his voice too? What if we brought Chris Mack in to fire him? It's like, it's like, <laughs> sit down with Chris, please. Chris is like, Kenny, Kenny, I love you, Kenny. We're gonna have to let you go. I think we Dino, make- <laughs> Dino, Dino. What if Dino was the interim? <laughs> What if Jerry Eves is the interim? What's the all-time <laughs> villain staff that we could put together at this point? Like Eves? <laughs> no, yeah, Eves. That's all. That's just Eves playing all along. He gets him fired. And he takes over the job. Eves, McGee, Gaudio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who is the one that, that paid Bowen in the hotel room? Uh, well, that was an Adidas guy. Oh, okay, no, but Maybe, was, Kenny Johnson. Yeah, Kenny Johnson was the assistant, though. Yeah, he was the one who allegedly met the dad at the gas station to give him like thirteen hundred bucks, which. According to now, everybody says didn't happen. I'm assuming we're putting Powell on the staff. Or? Jordan Fair could be on the staff. Okay, he's the he's the one who was the July Vegas meeting. When Patino once had a woman on staff. Could we put Katina on the on staff too? Katina's not going on the staff. That's a bridge too far. <laughs> okay, let's draw. We got to draw lines. We're giving McGee. The jokes a, have to end at some point. We're giving McGee a job. Okay, sweetheart. Sorry, Katina Powell, video coordinator. <laughs> What kind of videos are you selling? <laughs> Texas says, tomorrow feels like a Zan Payne game. He's a smart player, knows what this rivalry means. I'll hang up and listen. I'd be honest, if he played for Kentucky, I would believe that. This is the same guy who yesterday said Thursday feels like a Zan Payne game. He knows what Cal's going to run. He knows this Kentucky team system. He could be big on defense for us. He's if been- Zan Payne comes out tomorrow and lights it up, this texture, I mean, you, you can come on the show. We'll, we'll have you on. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the of the game. That'd be awesome. I, I want Zan to start in this game. Kenny just goes out, middle fingers blazing. <laughs> what about Hersey Miller coming out hitting threes against Pepperdine, too? Hersey Miller plays. I don't know why Hersey doesn't play more I, in actual games. Baffles he, me. He plays hard. He seems to actually try on defense, and he's made the only outside shot that he's taken. <laughs> I want Hersey Miller, Zan Payne, and Karan Davis to start, to start tomorrow night. I, I approve that starting lineup. Will Karan Davis be at the game? I mean, was he was was he at Pepperdine? I don't think so. I think they pretty much been like you know. I think they banned him from the arena, right? <sighs> Probably. I mean, that's what they pretty much did when they sent out their second statement of the day, removing him from the team. It was their kind of way of suddenly being like, quit showing up, which is a really kind of like risky thing to do when you know you've got no one else showing up. Yeah, we need that attendance number. We, I mean, we, we can take all we can get. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers here. Texas TK 100% said John Wall, LMFAO. TK watches the anime porn. I don't get an anime porn. I'm sorry. Like, I get, I see the ads for, like, the family guy, like, weird stuff on sites. I, it doesn't, no, cartoon porn doesn't do it for me. Texas, I'm so tired of the rebuild narrative, the traditional rebuild of using the freshmen and the coaching them up over a couple of years uh, in hopes to go on a run is dead. NIL and the transfer portal killed it. The new rebuild is using NIL to build a team of experienced transfers and sprinkling in some talented freshmen. And that doesn't take multiple years to do. No. 
The crazy thing about it almost didn't take multiple years to do ten years ago either. No, and that's the thing. I was about to say the, the crazy thing about Kenny Payne. You know, he had the the segment on the John Rothstein podcast this summer where we were all were like, "What? What were he saying? You know, I, I don't want to do things the cheap, the easy way. You know, I, 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 traditional recruiting, bringing in guys, developing them over two or three years, and." If he'd had this background where he, you know, he was a coach at a program that, you know, like Nova only played three, you know, got get old, stay old, that whole thing. He was at Kentucky, where they would you know, became synonymous with bringing in guys who were in the program for six to nine months and, and just the one and done, like not doing things the traditional way, taking advantage of a new of a new way to build a program to build teams before anybody else was doing it. Like you were on the cutting edge of of that thing. And now the transfer portal is, is doing the same thing in a, in a different way. And you're sitting here being like, I don't want to do that. Like you, You've never been in a program that's done things the way that you're attempting to do things here. And you're doing it at a time when nobody's building programs that way. It's just such, I don't know what he's thinking when he says these things. or when he, you've, got, you've got smart people around them. Use them a little bit. Texas says UNC didn't crush UK bowl ratings. They got crushed by the worst bowl of bowls on the same day. Is that really the worst? You say Boise really the worst bowl? I think the, the the lowest one in most of the ratings was actually that Western, uh, the Toasty Bowl, which, actually, a, which ended up being a, incredible. I mean, that's also because they put it two thirty in the afternoon on a Monday, yeah, and then bumped it to an overtime. <laughs> Texas says you told me you don't agree with my previous text. Then you say that you think KP keeps his job if they win against UK. Which is it? I didn't say I didn't agree with your, your previous text. I, I I I said I disagree with what Trevor said. Um, I, I think that if, if KP beats UK on Thursday, I do think he keeps his job. I don't think they're going to fire him. Texas says, Trevor, quote, I said Joe Montaigne. I said Joe Montaigne. Over <laughs> <laughs> linebacker. Texas the TK gauntlet. You have to outrun a Gator by pole vaulting. Once over the bar, immediately hit an elbow drop on a seal. Roll off the mat to check the ball with the best 10-year-old in the country. ACT to end it, and you have to use the same model calculator that TK used. Michael will be doing the commentary while sitting in the broken chair. We forgot about That's me. Brilliant. We forgot about me beating a ten-year-old in basketball. You know, you it got so you thought you could be like fifty percent of the ten-year-olds in, in the world. By the way, I don't know why. Like you're reading like the last text, or not this one was the one before it. I just googled sea lion versus man. <laughs> <laughs> And the first thing These are the things that I want you to be doing at like 3 a.m. You don't need to be doing them at 5 And the first thing that comes up is a two-minute news clip from San Diego where a sea lion dude jumps on a boat, grabs a dude, throws him in the water, and drags him 20 <laughs> feet under. And I'm watching this happen. I'm like, he didn't have a bat. That's the problem. You Once again, you're confusing seals with sea lions. It's the same thing, like the same same kingdom, right? Texas says 2024, <laughs> the year that Trevor learns how to pronounce middle school words. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> What's a middle school word? What's more likely to happen? Well, reciprocate. I said that word. How'd you say, how'd you say it? Recess. No, no, no. Recessitate. <laughs> that's what they did to the guy from San Diego. Uh, no, reciprocate. No, I said reciprocate. That's not. Reciprocate? Re- recycle? <laughs> Same thing, right? Sure. Okay. Texas, Trevor's okay with Charles Manson if he can win basketball games. Oh, now come on. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's not the point. I mean, you can't compare Manson to the beard. That's a little extreme. First of all, Manson wasn't even there. What's more likely to happen in 2024? You find love or you learn how to pronounce middle school words? I think it's find love. 
I think it's happening. First of all, combining those two is really creepy, okay? I mean, <laughs> I hope I don't find love while I was trying to learn a middle school word. What if you find love because you pronounce middle school words? She's so impressed that, you know, she's 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 swooning. She's like she's like a teacher that like just get that, that gets hot for that. Yeah. I could go out with a teacher. This is Mike. My family and I watched the Garfield's Christmas special for the first time last night. Good call. I don't think it's my favorite, but it's a good special. Thank you for the recommendation. It's the best. I love it. It's great. Texas says Memphis State firing Tubby Smith after back-to-back 21 seasons should negate any argument from the Kenny stands that he should stay longer. Maybe. Also, Mary Rutherford, will she be joining the Moms for Liberty group? <laughs> no. <laughs> Quite the opposite. What is, what is Moms for Liberty? I don't know. You can look it up. Okay. Texas, I've seen one picture of... Dumas Johnson, and he looks like a baby eater. I love it. Yeah, UK fans are going, and they, I, you know what? If I'm a UK fan, you, you should be able to pop your chest on getting that guy. Is it given Georgia? He, yeah, he's he, he was a he was like he was like a second team All American preseason All American. Now he did underachieve a little bit, but still played well this year. I'd be pumped. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, I, I know little fans probably want to be like, oh, Kentucky fans just overzealous, but no, this this kid's probably pretty damn good. Texture says. Got to disagree with the fans. The fans will be fine with just anyone because just anyone is better than Kenny Payne. I think the opposite might be true. This has to be a sure thing higher, or else the fan base will be nervous with the higher. This next one has to work. Here's the problem, though, with that is I don't think the fan. There's no agreement out there amongst the fan base about who is a sure thing higher outside of like Jay Wright and that Jay Wright's not coming here. Like, like there's not the Rick Pitino white whale isn't floating around anymore. Like we just don't have that guy. I think Scott drew would come close, but you had a lot of people that didn't want Scott drew last time. Do you feel like this hire is just going to be maybe not like Chris Mack, but somebody's only going to be here maybe three or four years before like the right hire comes around. I hope not. I mean, I, but I mean, and I'm not saying they're bad in three or four years, but like, you know, 20 keeping us afloat, putting it, you know, make me be you know, first round play, getting a tournament, maybe out in the first or second round, you know, just kind of an average, you know, not bad. But I hope average. not. I, I mean, the thing is, like, we you just don't know with some of these guys. The, 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 the last generation of college coaches have dominated, had dominated the sport so thoroughly. And when you look at coaches that have won a national title, the bulk of them who are still coaching are guys who just aren't like they're not going anywhere. Like like Tom Izzo's not leaving Michigan State. Well, uh, you know, Bill Self's not leaving Kansas. No. Like, like the the one guy who's kind of a you know he's he could be the like the new wave who's won a national title. You, you've got Scott Drew and then you've got Danny Hurley. I think you and me both agree that Scott Drew's kind of doing that at Baylor now. It's going to be kind of his thing, right? I, I, I think so. But like I, I think Scott Drew would at least listen to you. I think he might yeah. take the job. There's all sorts of buzz that he's kind of waiting for the UK job, but he's willing to make a move for, from Baylor. I don't think Danny Hurley's going anywhere. But everybody else, if you're outside of like that, that top, top, top tier, which is more likely than not, there are a lot of guys that check a lot of boxes. There's not one guy out there that checks every box. That like the entire fan base is gonna be like, this guy, I know for a fact he's going to kill it. Like Mick Cronin doesn't do that. Jerome Tang no. doesn't do that. Nate Oates hasn't won big in the NCAA tournament just yet. Eric Musselman, he has won big in the tournament, but he's got some other stuff. Like there's just there's not one guy out there that I think the entire fan base is gonna be like, home run. We know it. Like there's it's just it's a tough situation for Josh. He has to just because the texture's right. Like he's this one has to be the guy. Texture says uh, I'm not gonna read that. Texture TK. Oh well. TK says if you give me a gun, I could beat up a sea lion. I don't, well, know, I need a I don't gun. know if I believe that. <laughs> you don't think I can even shoot the damn thing? I think it would go bad for you. I didn't need a gun. I just need a bat. 
Wish I was a little bit taller. Wish I wasn't taller. Wish I had a bat and a sea line I would show you. <laughs> okay. I like the new I do like the new Shaq commercial where he's talking about being smaller. That was kind of funny. Have you seen that Pepsi commercial? No. Oh, okay. Texas a sea line, Trevor couldn't beat up seaweed. <laughs> I hate seaweed. It's the first text that person sent since July. He's so offended by you thinking you could beat up a sea line that they had to text that. His last one was Trevor's Trolls everyone else is creepier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick some games tonight. It's actually a, it's a very good night in mean? college basketball. Uh, CBS Sports Network kicked it off at 7 o'clock. UConn, number five team in the country, on the road, taking on Seton Hall. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I think UConn's great. I think this could maybe like it's one of those weird Big East games where it's just a little bit tighter than usual. I'm actually going to say Seton Hall covers here, but UConn still wins by, let's say, seven. Um. Yeah, I can't. I haven't seen what Seton Hall's done this year. I don't think I've They're not great. I you know the Halloway's there still. Um, yeah, I'll take UConn. You said minus seven, minus eight and a half. Ooh. I think UConn wins by seven. I'll All say right. UConn wins and covers. There you go. Baylor is number ten in the country on the road, taking on number twenty-one Duke. Both these teams kind of need a win. They've been sliding a little bit as of late. Seven o'clock, ESPN, Madison Square Garden, kind of Duke's home away from home. Who do you like here? What's the line? Duke minus two and a half. Take Baylor. I don't really like either of these teams. I'm going to say Duke wins and covers, though. Uh, 9 o'clock, North Carolina on the road. Uh, not on the road. In Charlotte at the Jumpman Invitational, taking on number 7, Oklahoma, who's undefeated under Porter Moser. UNC is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. TK, who you got? So this time on the road. Uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma. Uh, I'm going to say UNC wins because I'm, I'm not I, like, I'm not big on UNC, but I'm not. And also, you also either. hate the fact that I picked something you're considering and knowing that I need to be faded, right? I'm taking UNC. All right, real quick, we got to get out of here. 11 o'clock ESPN, Bama, Arizona. Arizona is a seven and a half point favorite. It's in Phoenix. TK, who you like? Arizona winning cover. Arizona wins, Bama covers. All right, enjoy your Wednesday night. We're back four, uh, 3 to 4.30 tomorrow, 970 WGTK. We'll get you ready for the cards versus the Cats. Enjoy your Wednesday night. We'll see you tomorrow at 3. 970.